Panels, Free Minds Connected, with hosts Dave Steele and Adam Rogel. Stock Dog Handlers, Three Minds Connected, would like to thank Isaac and Katie Hotz of Wilderness Working Dogs for their continued support. Isaac and Katie have kindly donated another pup to be sold at this year's Ray White Livestock Rockhampton Working Dog Sale on the 23rd of April. If you're looking for a quality pup started or going dog, shoot Isaac a message or Google Wilderness Working Dogs. Thanks, Isaac and Katie, for your support. The team at Three Minds Connected would also like to thank Gary and Nettie Went, organisers of the Ray White Livestock Rockhampton Working Dog Sale and Trial. Gary and Nettie have kindly made a donation to the podcast. All proceeds from this donation will go towards bringing you more episodes and some merchandise that'll be for sale later in the year. Thank you, Gary and Nettie, for your donation and jumping on board to become part of the podcast's sponsors. Um, yeah, so we're here, here today with... Uh, Chris Stapleton and Peter Crow down at Chris's place at Newbridge. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I reckon it'd be a nice place if I could see it, but I can't see through <laughs> the fog and the... No, yeah. Be- beautiful on, place. Did come on a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pete's been holding, holding us off, waiting all... I haven't seen a sunny all, yet. All, all <laughs> Wait till it warms up a bit, he said. So he picked this weekend, but... um. Yeah, we came down yesterday, Saturday. We saw Chris at the Burraga trial, sheep yeah, show right. trial, and um, that was lucky. That was a that was a fire there, and and um, but yeah, we seen that. Stayed at Chris's. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, that's fine. Hospitable. We got family here and, and stuff as well. So thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, that's um, fine. We've yeah worked a few pups and things this morning. Um. So, yeah, thanks for having us, uh, giving us your time, and we'll we'll just start, you know, with with your, I guess your your life story really a little bit your timeline, you know where yeah. you're, where you're born, yeah. you know you've grown up what that was like, brothers yeah. sisters mum dad. Yep. Yeah. No. Like I grew up on the family property. Um, didn't really know anything. Any. I always wanted to have animals and, yeah, always had a affinity with horses and dogs and things. So, uh, yeah, and I lost my father when I was nine and myself and my older brothers, we ran the property there from then on. So yeah. uh, I, I broke my first dog in when I was about probably seven or eight. Um, and my dad, he wasn't much of a dog man. He always had a dog that you could do a job with, but yeah. he, he didn't really, he wasn't a dog man and not... Many of the people around uh, home had what I'd call good dogs today anyway, but yeah. I was always very keen and uh, always... Born wanted, like that. Yeah, always like wanted to, to uh, get a dog and be able to do the work and, and I was sort of thrown in the deep end a little bit, so I had to we, we had to look after the property and yep. I was sort of uh, did a lot of the sheep work with uh, young dogs that and I was learning and they were learning. Yeah. <laughs> So we, there's uh, no one show, like no one giving you any. No, I didn't have just anyone. That's right. And Your dad a shearer was he? Or? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he so he's away. Yeah, he was away a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So looking after the property was sort of something 
uh, my older brothers and I did anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we really had to do it in earnest. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and my younger brother wasn't interested in in the place. I'm I'm the second youngest of thirteen kids. So. Holy smokes. Uh, and my younger brother, he was he's only a little little tacker, and he he didn't really uh, he wasn't didn't like the the sheep side of things or the cattle and yeah. And my two next older brothers, they were both good. One was a good, well, they're both good shears really, and uh, um, they were a bit older than me. And so between us, we we looked after the place. Uh, I I was always keen on the dogs, like I said, and uh, we we used to always have uh, milking cows. I, I used to milk quite a few cows and that. Uh, I, I was wanted to learn to milk, and the, my brothers were always keen to teach me because they didn't want to, they didn't like the milking. <laughs> so, How come you wanted to do it? I don't know. I just like just I, something. Yeah, yeah, just something that, that I liked. Um, so yeah, you I had milking cow till. Not that long ago. Yeah, I always had milking cows even down at down the place I lived on for 40, 40 odd years. I mean, it's a place down at Burger and always had at least one or two milking cows yeah. the whole time. And I, I came over here with, bought my last old cow over here. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's not too long ago. It was still milking cows. Wow. But yeah. The, the, the family place that you're looking after when you're a kid after your dad passed away. What what was the place? And obviously, like I guess, to, the place wasn't big enough to support a family of thirteen. So your dad still had to go away sharing as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, because I was the youngest of thirteen, most of my older siblings were were in the workforce. They were already working. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my the, the brother next to me, Graham, he wasn't really interested in the place either. And then yeah, and I had Doug and Michael, and between Michael and Doug and myself, we looked after the place and. And my younger brother and my well, the brother next to me, Graham, didn't really. They weren't interested in the livestock of the place, so they didn't really take any part. In. So most responsibility came back to you a bit, or yeah, it did because yeah. I was living there. The, my yep. other brothers were yep. way sheer and all, so yeah. I was. So I you're was, nine when you started out. There. Yeah, yep. Was, yeah, right. So I used to used to have a the usual lamb, and I'd be I'd have to do a lamb run before I went to school. And um, yep. So where where'd you go to school? Uh, we had a school on the property oh did you yeah right yeah and the teacher actually he he lived with us so you couldn't get away from the teacher <laughs> <laughs> i used to have a little pony that I'd, I'd ride to school and i'd jump off and shake the reins and he'd pull away and then i'd have to go and catch him and sometimes i wouldn't get back to school at 11 o'clock <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd just care over the hill <laughs> so bad I'd I was off, early with get, you. <laughs> get the horse and go around my rabbit traps <laughs> and then Tommy I'd, did that that's right then I'd, then I'd come back to school and so I'd chase the horse all over the place to catch him <laughs> but you, you just have to hop off and just shake the reins a little bit and he'd he'd, Joy. he'd pull off and, and gallop away had you trained up <laughs> he, was good best, he was my best mate he got me out of a lot of school <laughs> nice so how many um, kids going to school Neighbors, uh, kids yeah, there was about twenty six when I oh, right, first yeah, went, yeah, yeah, yeah got down. To, uh, the year I left there at six in sixth class, the school closed, and yep. we're down to nine kids, I think. But uh, at one stage, it was thirty odd kids went, yep. and the, the school was about a mile and a half from where we lived. And the teacher used to he he used to board with us, yep. so he'd he'd go off to school in his. And he's lost an A30. And I'd ride the pony over. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah, so we had a little 
So that was your year six. So I did six, yeah, from kindergarten through to sixth class there. Yep, yep. So what age were you there? About 12 or 13? Right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. the end of your school? That, no, I went to, well, then I went to uh, Stanley's in Bathurst. Oh, right. Yep. Did uh, uh, high school in there. So you camped in there during the week? or? No, no. I used to catch the bus at quarter to seven in the morning and get home at 5.30. It's after milking your cows in the morning? Yeah, well, a lot of times, I, we'd, yeah, I'd, I'd have to do jobs before before I went to school, so and when you got I used home. to get up pretty early. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And so in the wintertime, you'd leave it in the dark and come back in the dark. Yep. And, uh, so you'd have a pretty full book on the weekend for the time you'd... Uh, It'd be tough enough down here in muddy winter, I reckon. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. a lot for a lot for a kid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And I, I went from class of like twenty odd kids, and then to go to high school in Bathurst with in, in a class of forty kids, and I I hadn't had hadn't been to uh, sort of. Uh, Working alone, I suppose. Yeah, been on my own a, own a lot, and, uh, and small classes, and much. and most of the kids are in the. The school were related, they were family, so. yeah, right. <laughs> and then get thrown into a class of 40, just 40 in, I don't know, yeah. four or 500 kids at the school and 40 in your class, and I, it took a long time for me to settle in. A little waspy I had a few scraps. Or... <laughs> <laughs> a few scraps. <laughs> but anyway, that was, it was good fun, so uh, yeah, so I did, did my high school in there and what, did you go to year 10 or something? Oh, uh, yeah, year 10. Yeah, right. That was far enough. I'd yeah, yeah. Educated enough. I was sick of it by then. <laughs> and I did wool class when I was in there, which was good. Yep. So. Uh, and that sort of spurred the interest in the wool job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That got me really interested in. But in you're already wool. keen on that? Or oh, yeah. I was yeah, already yeah. keen on, on the wool side of things too. Because you would have been working in the sheds a bit too, Yeah, you? yeah. Working yeah. in the sheds, yeah. Yeah. Went down. Uh, my brother was a shearer and we used to go. Sometimes go to Rouse Battle be board boy. Yeah, when he was working in the sheds, yeah, and, and I sort of saw a, a sheep sheepdog trial, uh, and yeah, and then I, that, that really got me into how good you could train your dogs. And, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. better than what you're doing at home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that, that made me keen then, and, not, and I got sort of uh, keen. I like kelpie, so I started off with crossbred dogs from sort of uh, yeah, just. Dogs. Most of the uh, properties around home had they had sort of their own little strainer dogs. Yeah, yeah, didn't and go mostly, far. And yeah, red of... red kelpie types and and crossbred dogs and so yeah, get pups from the neighbours and shearing sheds, I suppose. Yeah, yeah bring pup back, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started off with bitters. Yeah. But I soon realised after I'd seen a, seen a few better dogs that how how much better you could have your dogs and then I started to. So what age do you reckon you realised like you saw that sheepdog trial and realised oh shit? Oh, I wasn't. I was. I would have only been probably thirteen or fourteen, probably. Yeah, right. So That's how right. were you handling the sheep at home, just with your old bits of dogs? Did you have a stop or anything on them then? Oh, a bit of a little bit of direction. Go yeah, back yeah. and come behind. It's just a bit more <laughs> stock and shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like the old dogs, they knew the paddocks and knew the knew the stock, and yeah. you didn't have to say too much. But they, they weren't fancy, but they were yeah. good, solid dogs. You can get away a bit like that with Kelpies too, can't you? That's right, like, yeah. You don't. I mean, it's better if... better The better trained they are, the better, but... Exactly, You yeah. really can, like, 
than more natural ones, you, you yeah. really can get away with yeah, pretty that's basic right. exactly. show and that. And I used to, I was mad keen on horses, so we always, we used to break, break in horses. Yeah. Um, so I, I was mad keen, I always had horses do most of the work anyway, it didn't matter how, how your dog was going, you'd fill in the gap with your horse anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Being I, young fella, <laughs> a bit of speed involved. Yeah, exactly, that's <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And I, I'd, I'd uh, sort of, yeah. As soon as I go home from school, the first thing I do is saddle up the horse. I'd be going looking for a horse somewhere. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, and whether it was uh, what it was, and yeah, so I more or less grew up with the horses and the dogs all the time. Yeah, yep. that was the love of my life. I'd, and just a real inbuilt, built-in passion in your Yeah, that's right. It. Yeah, yeah. And then sort of when I left school and got more involved, um, I, I, I then sort of started to look around for dogs uh, and. And I got dogs sent on trains from, um, yeah, Scanlon dogs and buddy. Yeah, righto. Um, so what yeah. sort of money were you paying for dogs back then? And the first first pup I bought was uh, a ten pound. Yeah, righto. <laughs> and I bought a I bought a pup and, and a little mare that, that used to be horses run on the common there at Barriga. Yeah. And yeah, they were just sort of uh, it was a half thoroughbred sort of stallion. And I had a crop of foals there, and I bought. I paid fifteen quid for this mare, a filly off the mother, and we rode in and caught her. She'd never been caught before, and, and led her home the six mile back out to the place. A couple of my brothers and, and me. That would have been an experience. That was yeah, yeah. Had home about a week, and I used to be able to go to the. the we had a horse paddock, five or six acres, and I used to be able to go to the gate and call her, and she'd come galloping down the gate. She got quite real quick, but I yeah. had her in the yard and sort of yeah, and she was a really nice mare. She. She died at 26 or something, but yeah, and all, yeah just she, you could do anything with her. She's a lovely mare, yeah. bred some nice foals for me. She's just a common bred horse, but she was good. But, and has that breed come through, right through all your horses? Oh, I'd, I'd sold horses in my sale, it went back to Still her. back there, yeah. yeah. So that yeah, yeah. passion for breeding, anything. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Started, well, started it. yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, so I, I basically started to look around because the Kelpie bullet, Kelpie. Uh, association had just sort of started up and and used to get a little paper uh, bulletin yep. Yep. and and the breeders have listed in the back there and and I used to ring up I'm probably annoyed all of them annoyed like <laughs> Frank and and uh, Max Scanlon yeah, yeah old Ted Gaby and Jack Body and yep, yep. yeah he used to used to talk to them on the phone and they'd send your pups on the right used to get them on the railway and used to yep. go into Bathurst and yeah, pick right. them up off the rail. Yeah. But, what uh, were those fellas like to deal with? They good, yeah, good oh, with yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, real good, yeah. Give you plenty of time. And yeah, 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 old and Ted gave you and Jack Body and Frank are all really decent people and yeah. good, good, good dog handlers. Yeah. So I, I was lucky enough to... Quite uh, free with the information, oh, yeah, like you yeah. were sussed them out being a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, they, they were good. And like, uh, yeah, so I got, I got dogs, my early dogs, some were... All right, and some weren't. I bought a my, my first really good dog. I reckon was a Liz Canada dog. I got off Pat McCormick, and he was related to KK, one of the Kelpie trial, and so I got straight onto that. And uh, so I got this dog, Liz Canada Rusty. He was a really nice dog. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't have too much to breed him to, but he bred a couple of handy pups for me and got yep. me even keener. Uh, so yeah, uh, he was he was the first dog I had that really worked cattle well. He was quite and strong. Yeah. And Pat McCormick, he he bred that sort of dog. They were um, they were 
Because uh, he had mostly Cali or something. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was quite a Rocky Bar dog called Rocky Bar Buff. He was a tan-headed dog. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he was, uh, he, he, I think, uh, actually, Kay might be Liz Kenner Kay who won one or two National Kelby Trials and was a Baron Bogey Max Muller. Um, she might have been, I think my dog was a buff Emma and I think Kay might have been a buffalo or something like that. Yeah. They, they, they were closely bred anyway. Yeah. And, and this this dog worked a bit like Kay, he wasn't quite as talented as her, but he was probably stronger, he was a real nice strong walk-up dog. Um, but Kay bred some really nice pups like the Mac had a little brother um, that Malcolm Peake had called Chance and he was he was a real good dog. Yep. Bit, probably no, a bit over the top for some people, but yep. yeah, he was a he was a real sheep. So that was back in the seventies, was it? Uh, yeah, that would have been early eighties. Early eighties, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably yeah, probably late seventies, early eighties, yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I followed up on on pedigrees and went, yeah. looked as many good dogs or supposedly good dogs as I could have. Uh, like I said, bought a few dogs. I'm very disappointed with, uh, but I just. Kept on weeding through them a bit. Yeah, and, yeah and still that still happen. It's oh, just that's, words, exactly. It? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wore out a few tyres, and but I was all, I never ever took anyone's word for word it. for the dog. I, I learned Make early that the best way to assess a dog is have a look at yourself and suit it. And if it doesn't suit you, it's probably yeah. pointless trying to get a pup or breed breed from it. So, but, so that whole feeling then of going and seeing it and getting that feel for a pup do you think that's a, like a, an energy thing like positivity or like when you meet somebody you either like them or you don't, don't yeah you? that's you right got yeah. that energy feel do you yeah, do the exactly. same with all your pups and pups oh uh, yeah I, I, I like i like a i like a pup when you first put it on sheep i don't don't like pups that don't won't take ground off their sheep so that's yeah, yeah. that's the first thing i look for i don't i don't really care if they head or they don't head yeah, yeah. but I, I do like them to drive and come forward do you get a feeling that Oh, geez, I like this pup. Just yeah, that's that, right. Yeah. Before you even sort of see him work a bit, you've got to oh, yeah. make sort of a yeah. I like, yeah, I like, a, I like a pup. I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say that the the best like the best way to pick a pup is pick its parents. Yeah. And then you got half a chance. And if you like the pup, then you'll give it a better chance. And if the parents are good, there's a fair chance. Yeah. Because you like it, you'll make it into a good dog. Yeah. Because the if the parents are bred right, uh, and you like them. They should produce like animals. Yeah, it's just simple genetics. So you always went back, had a look at the parents. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's what you. Yeah. yeah no. And taking on to word for it. And then... No, no. I've, 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 I always, if I wanted a sire to use over a bitch, I always looked at him. And a couple of times I didn't. Went on the fella's word and. I was disappointed. Didn't like it. It's a long way home after you made it a bitch to a dog after you worked him after he joined your bitch and you didn't like him. You get there and you're like, oh, I might not join him and it's a bit awkward. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you so probably are better off to turn around and go home. You probably are. Just yeah. being a just go through it. It would be hard to say to some of those. Uh, but pretty tough old fellas that's like right yeah. Too, like, yeah yeah wouldn't want to offend them <laughs> exactly and and some of them as they got older they'd lost the plot a little bit so their dogs weren't as good as that yeah yeah and yep. probably described them as being a little better than they were yeah, yeah but yeah. that's understandable like uh, but yeah. the breeding was there behind them and yeah so that's why I'll, I, I say to younger people today when they look at a pedigree and I see a lot of holes in it but it's hard to tell people that because they they think it's a crack, cracking pedigree. You know, you've got all these big name dogs in there, but 
that they're that's not good dogs, way. unfortunately. That's that's the way. And I said, well, I I like to look at a pedigree and be able to see good dogs close up in it, and rip those your your other foundation dogs on both sides of the pedigree in there as well. So so if, if you to be a really well bred dog, I want close ancestors close up in the pedigree, father and mother preferably, yep. Yep. but. I want to see like ancestors on both sides of the pedigree. So, yep. so if there's a good dog there, like like um, Tom, I want to see Tom on both sides of the pedigree. Yeah, right. And not too far back. Yep, yep. Um, so you multiply your chances of producing something um, like Tom. Yep, yep. Um, so every every time you put an outcross in in your, you, you take away your chances of breeding more like. Like the, a bit. Yeah, I, I, I often uh, look for an outcross to give me something that I've, I've lost along the way. Like I've, I've been mucking around with these dogs for 60-odd years now and, and you lose things. I, I've always tried to maintain strength in my dogs, like that walk-up strength. Um, it's very easy to lose. As soon as you get nice heading ability, the first thing you lose is the, one, the most important attribute a dog's got, and that's his strength, his ability to shift sheep. A lot of people get strength mixed up with bark and noise and and vigor, which has got nothing at all to do with real strength. Yep. It's uh, it's it's the, the a, a really strong dog has to uh, has to he has a bit of an aura about him and and he's relaxed and and livestock relax around a strong dog. Yeah, like he that. doesn't have to show he's strong. That sheep yep. or cattle, they know a strong dog, and if. if if broken in cattle and sheep, they'll they work well off a strong dog, and they don't panic them. They're not they're not. There's sort of no fear, is that's it? That's right. Yeah, yeah and that's that's, that's the sort of strength I like. That 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 the confidence dog, a strong dog's got confidence that he's he knows what to do, and he knows he can handle handle the stock. Doesn't matter what they are, he know, get, and he's got that confidence about him. A dog that's unsure if he can handle a job, it flows through to the livestock, and you get. Yeah, get a lot of accidents happen. Well, he's a bit edgy, that dog. That's right. And yeah, the sheep exactly. can feel it. He's yeah. edgy, and he's going to yeah. fly in and do a weak fly yeah. in or something. Yeah. So they're unsettled because they can That's sense right. it. You can see it yourself. Yeah, my like, word. Because you're waiting yeah. to block him or something. That's now right. he's going to. Yeah. But the calm, strong dog, he's not worried. He's just there. That's right. Well, you if you if you handle like especially like you got a mob of seventy or eighty rams that one one and a half year old rams or something, they'll hurt you. If your dog's not confident a bit around them, because yeah. the, the dog will have them panicking, and then they'll be knocking you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I see. Like, like if you you handling handling livestock that are big and strong, and they and, and they're not settled, you can get hurt if you don't. Yeah. If the dog's so not, weakness creates. Pain, it is. Yeah, it? my word, it does. Yeah, yeah. more than and more. strength creates confidence. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And stability, isn't it? Yeah. Relaxing. Yeah. It's calmness. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a like dog handling. Dogs. The more the more I've handled, the more I've learned is that if if the pup has confidence in you, and it and in turn it has confidence in itself to be able to handle the sock, break it in. So pretty it's easy. pretty important for you as a handler to be confident and My trust way. that dog yeah, that's right. to do yeah, the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You be able to give it, don't you? People exactly. don't trust it. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so yeah. 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 animals can know that in eight sense. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. You know, I reckon that I, I don't do much training with the pups these days unfortunately no, no, no. i'm getting older and, and uh, 
yeah, always trying, getting lazy, trying to shortcut things, and but still do the right thing. And, and the more I handle pups now, the, the more is less, I reckon, with yep. puppies. Yep. Um, I see a lot of people who get trained pups well, but they don't handle them well. So that you get, oh, to me, pup got it on a lead, it's not pulling you around, it's nice and confident, and, and that's a good place to be alongside you. Like uh, those couple of pups we had out this morning haven't had any lead trained or anything, but they're not pulling me along. Yep, and, yep. and I like the, the black and tan bitch. She, she doesn't pull on the lead and she's looking with me, coming with me. Quite sensible. Too, hasn't had a lot of handling, but yeah. she's confident that it's a good, safe place to be yep. alongside me. She comes and she's happy to come up to me and she's, yeah, and that's the sort of thing that it, I know that I can train her to be a pretty handy dog. She's got nice skills there. She got I can see things she doesn't do naturally that I can I can train into her. I, like I said about the heading, I'm not concerned about whether how they head. Um, I'm, I'm concerned that they, they won't. Um, walk up with their sheep and shepherd them. That's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the, you can train them to head and make really probably better dogs than the obsessive heading pup. So yeah, yeah. Um, from a work situation, I'm not concerned that a dog doesn't head. I'm concerned that it's confident when you put it in with sheep and it uh, takes ground off the sheep when you first when it first first few times you show it sheep. Because you observed the previously uh, yesterday about lucky and that how only sort of get to eleven o'clock and those better dogs don't actually have to get to the head. They keep that moving. That's right. Yeah. Well, you see plenty of uh, nice dogs that work well that head well that can't pull things up when they get right round in front of them. But oh, lucky you could send her out and she she don't get to eleven o'clock and all of a sudden the cattle or whatever you had they put their brakes on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and she just turn them and bring them back to you and they, they and they didn't fight a lot she wasn't um she wasn't being aggressive towards me she just had a, a nice confident strength she knew she could handle the job and yeah she she taught me a lot about uh, how to handle stock just because she was a strong confident dog and I'd, i hadn't had one before like that in the right spot yeah that's right just yeah. go to go to the pocket and stay in there yeah a lot a lot of pups uh miss miss the uh, pressure point because they want to run around to the head and yep. they get there on the head and then they run back again yeah but a good pup i don't care where the head what the, the pressure point might be at 10 o'clock yeah i want yep. him to stop there that's and sort of true balance isn't it it is it's not, 12 o'clock, it's like not 12 o'clock. o'clock a lot of people talk about balance but they don't understand what true balance is true balance is where the pressure is yeah and a good that, pup picks the pressure point that's that's what i was thinking when you're some some dogs they that instinct will tell them to get to that pressure spot. Yeah. But when they get there, their heart tells them they don't want to be there. That's and right. Then and that's then, when they, then they go to and they the come, they yeah. come past it either way. They that's get right. Instincts yeah. like you need to be here, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. this is confrontation." That's and then right. they go yeah. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. You know that, that's Weakness. that's what I I mean about the heading. It's it's lovely to take a pup up there and he, he, he heads beautifully, runs around his sheep, and think, "Gee, I've got a good pup here," but he's not. He's he's arcing. He's not stepping forward, and he's not where the pressure is. Yep. You know, I, I you can train him. A lot of people love him, but he's not the pup I'd pick if I had the had my pick of the pups. I want I want a pup that might only run to ten o'clock, and he's got a sheep looking out at him, and he stops there and tucks it in. And, and he doesn't stop again. turning back. You know, no, you that's right. No, no. Stop flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to New Zealand uh, early on. There's a photo up there of watching. Uh, old fella over there, we stayed, we were working the dog up 
dogs, so they given a bit of a tune up before the before the trial. And he he said, I, I worked watching. He said, Oh, he's a lovely dog, but he said he takes the head off his stock too much. He said, You've got him overtrained. He's kept you get to the oh, front right too on. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it was a real light bulb moment for me. Uh, and then he showed me a few things with his dogs, and then I started. Doing that and yeah, it just it was a. Did you beat him in the trial? No, no, no. He was a, he was a, he was a, a last night he was and he was a, he was a best one of the best handlers I've ever yeah, right. seen and looked after his dog, loved his dogs and yeah. So that he had runaways with him impact. <coughs> yeah, yeah, he had runaways and heading dogs and they were cracking dogs, big yep. strong, yeah, real nice dogs and. Uh, but he, he, yeah, he said he's a lovely dog, but he takes the head off his stock. And he, by that, he meant he's shutting them down too much. <coughs> and I was yeah. training more than any because Watch was a driving sort of dog. He wasn't a heading dog. Uh, he, he, so he, that's he, through training your handling, really. He was a, yes, please. He, he was a strong, uh, he's a strong driving type dog, yep, yep. not a, not a heading dog at all. Yeah. Uh, so when I got him back to letting him do what he wanted to do, uh, the whole. Thing changed. He was only a young dog, as you can see there. When when I was over there, how old would he have been there? Oh, about eighteen family? months, I reckon he was. Yeah, right. Uh, but he he turned out to be a real like a real uh, good dog. Do any job with him. He's a great casting dog, and yeah, yeah just a, just a lovely big dog. He terrific dog in the yard. Had a lot of lot of uh, uh, presence and bounce and bark and back. And but he had a bit of class outside. I won a national curl patrol with him as well, uh, and worked worked cow real well. He's a just, just a real good dog, and he he bred a lot of pups. I don't know how many bitches I had, but uh, seen a lot of pedigrees. Everyone's got a bit in it. And well, at the time I was scraping, trying to get money to buy buy my first property, and yeah, yeah he he uh, he more or less service fees from him went a long way to getting a deposit to buy buy my first block of land. Yeah, yeah, back in those days, it probably wasn't big money either. No, I think I just charge a hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But he he. He got me a more or less was him and my dogs got deposit to buy my first block of land. So and they've been pretty good deal all the way they've through. Been pretty good. I've been all around the world doing schools and yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, the dogs have been been uh, my life really. I've been to America a few times and because when you said it was a light bulb moment, there's night. From then on, do you reckon your training's got less and less all the way through to where you are there now? Oh yeah, probably probably just picking the right. I I, I I I was a. I was a terrible um, over-trainer. I used to have dogs going at six months that I could do nearly any job with it, and 18 months they were no better. Mm. I'd know if they got into a rut. Yeah, yeah. Because, I'd, because it's just like take, flogging a kid and making him do, overworking him and turning him sour. sour and that, and that, they, were, they were still handy dogs, but they never reached their potential because I overworked them. And, and I yeah. used to, we ran a lot of stock, and I used to work... Work them seven days a week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it wasn't uh, since since then. I've obviously moved to, you know, and only got sort of five hundred acres here, and but the dogs are probably better trained now, and um, yeah, not not as uh, not as athletic and that as the dogs I used to have, but the the <clears throat> the training is less, and I'm getting more enjoyment out of. Out of training them as well. I, I, I used to, I'd, I'd train half a dozen pups at a time down the other place, and I'd be like ten o'clock at night up. Well, I can train. remember that, <laughs> brother and I. We went down there a few times, and we, yeah, nine thirty, had lights on, we got it set up there, and well, there's no, a few beers. That's and, right, yeah, no, and lots of pups kept trying around. That's like, right, yeah, yeah, no, 
sort of things have changed a bit. And and I ne- not like I was saying earlier, less is more. I reckon with with dogs, those young dogs, I don't do a lot with them, but I try to every time I take them to do a little bit. I like to take them up to the next level a little bit, yeah. so that you you trip. Yeah, if you if you got a pup, I reckon you can take a pup and work it, and uh, have it at a certain level, and then just do the normal things. I cart them around with me, take them fence and everything, but take them back to sheep and they'll almost certainly be at the same level they were when you last worked them. Yep. You can do the things that you were doing last and then I try to take them a little step further next time. Yeah. Whereas I used to have them, I'd, I'd work them five days out of seven. Yeah. And yeah. and I'd, it'd take me weeks to get to that next level, whereas now I reckon if you let them absorb what you trained and, and you finish on a good note and they're happy, uh, you can take them back a month later or three weeks later and they'll be the same level and you can take them to the next level a little bit if you're just going forward in small increments, get him going a little further around if he's not heading or if uh, if he's doing something that you, you try and... I look for holes in, in the pup and then try and fill those holes in so I work on the little things that I think he's not doing. Yeah. And so Talk when I take him back for his next lesson, might be a week later, I'll just try and work on that, get him to go a few steps further. Yeah. Or push, or come in a little, little harder, or or always slower always and steadier. Yeah. And 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 I I get a lot better results than I did by take yeah. working them twice a day, for four or five days in a row. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and you don't like I, I I see people come to my schools and they'll have a dog and they've got to drag it into the yard and I know right then that they've gone, you know, gone beyond the point. Yeah, let's let's. Unless they're trying to jump into the yard, for me, then they're uh, you've overdone it. You've overcooked them a little bit. I like them to, to want to get in there and, and learn something. And I think you've said before that's your respect. The dog's got to have respect yeah, for got, you and want to go in there. And definitely confident with you. Yeah, yeah. And comes back. Yeah, I like. Side. I like when when things don't don't go well with your training. The dog's looking to come to you. Uh, and say so we'll start again. So I think that's I, I try and instill that in my pups when I'm training them. If 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 everything's gone to hell, they're, they're, they're biting and hanging on and things aren't happening like you like, I'd like to put things back together and, and have the pup being happy to be there and start again yeah. um, rather than flogging him and chasing him and yelling at him. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're just starting off a, off off again and, and and try and end where he's he's in a nice. confident spot yeah, yeah. And, and everything's all right. Like It's a bit like biting or anything else. You, 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 you just as hard as you need to be to stop them doing what you want and but you're not don't make a big fuss of it i, I never i never worry too much about biting it's something that i can train out and prep very easily but a little tap here and there and and some needs a hard tap because you can't have them abusing your livestock when you train you need you they need to they need to respect you and the livestock and always use my stick when i'm training them and i'll, I'll give them a tap if they need it but i won't i i, I don't uh, want to do it any harder than i have to to just so they there's a lot of space between keeping work and doing bad exactly. good work and bad work well that's right well you can be hard on them and, and they don't want to work then that they think that work's a thing that you don't want them to do yeah, i want yeah. them to to know that i want them to work uh, so uh, if i if i give them a tap it's just like slapping them with my hand and for good dogs i suppose like work's what they need for isn't it yeah well, well that's their reward now, isn't exactly it? exactly well if i take a young dog out now these buggies are good things because i can put them in if i if i put a dog out in the wing and he doesn't stay out there or he wants to he wants to keep coming back or something i'll just put him in the buggy and that's the that's the best punishment you can give you do that a couple of times and he wants to stay out there yeah 
you don't have to don't fight him and yell at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah. take him away from his work and, and lift the buggy up and just put him in the cage yeah. and, and go on and he sees the other dogs doing what they should be doing. And you do that about two or three times and then he, he doesn't want to get back in the buggy. He wants to stay out there working. So I remember you, when we came down early on, like we always like didn't really go to any schools or anything and it was pretty... Used to teach a stop dry, yeah. like away from stop. Yeah. And you showed us in two minutes on a little pup about twelve weeks old, I reckon, <laughs> and how to get a stop. You just stopped him getting to the stop. Yeah. Took him away from stop, put him yeah. down, but released him straight away back to work. And he thought, "Geez, yeah. this is good. I go back to work the sooner I stop. That's right. Yeah. The quicker I stop, the quicker I get back to work. Exactly. And, and yeah. That's yeah. a pretty simple concept. Well, and it works it? so well. Like it's yeah. a, like a lot of people. You know, they, they want to put a sit on them straight away and jam them down to the ground. And but yeah, you can you can get a very a good stock on stop on a pup if you do it right. Like you don't you don't pick him up as soon as there's it stops no fight, and take him away. No, there's not no yeah. fight. All, like all your sides and stop and everything you can, you can put on without any fight at all. It's all natural. Doesn't matter whether you, people say, oh, if he doesn't hit, I can't train him. But that's rubbish. Yep. You, you just need to. Need to be a bit smarter than the pup. That's, yeah, that's yeah he's never really want to pick a smart pup there. No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> might, might find you out straight away. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, um, I, I'm time poor and don't spend as much time as I should with the pups. But I do. I, I like quality time when I go to do do something with them, and I like yeah. like that. Do, do you find after this many years of breeding them, hopefully? you're at least maintaining a standard or getting better is the ultimate goal but um, you, you have you're trying to breed a dog closer to what you want than train a dog yeah, closer probably, to what you that's want so right, maybe yeah. you need to, you don't need to train as much exactly because hopefully you're breeding more consistent yeah it's born doing what you want like I said I've changed my dogs a little bit and the dogs I've got now I might be able to do what I could have do, done with those dogs 20 years ago, uh, but the dogs I've got now suit me very good. They're very laid back and easy to get along with, yep. and uh, I, I like that. I don't I don't like the the ones that are high maintenance that are um, hard to live with. Yeah, I, I like nice, clean, calm dogs that you can have around, and they're not they don't have to be doing something unless you need them to be doing. Yeah, and they're a lot. They, they just make your life a lot happier. Yeah, uh, sort of real, you, they realise that we're just doing a job here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, once the job's off, we're that's just, right. We're yeah, just sit back. well, well, I haven't. I obviously haven't got the work from here that, like a high maintenance working dog, um, you, you just need um, you need work for them. Some some yeah. dogs just need to be worked, uh, and I found that with my horses too. I, I had um, sort of they were Abbey um, reality type crosses yep. of horses they are lovely workhorses but you had to work them when I came over here and had no work for them they were hard to live with because I you know they were girthy sort of horses and, <laughs> and, and unless you had a, had a mountain in front of you when you got on them and, and good ride, when they're tired. They, they were just yeah just different and I've got a few, change, little they? bit of quarter horse in them and yep. realised that you know, they were a lot easier to live with yep. you know, they didn't care if you, if you rode them every day or not but, but you like God sort of I had a stallion a reality Abbey Cross Stallion that was a, he was a lovely horse and he, he thrived on work and his progeny were the same but they, you couldn't turn them out for three weeks and get straight on. They were, they were yeah. earthy sort of horses but they yeah, loved, yeah. loved work and 
Yeah, so and the dogs I found a little bit the same. Like uh, I, I like a dog now that doesn't have to be worked every day, and he's he's happy to be around. And well, them, there are three older dogs who work this morning. They were so calm. Yeah, well, it, just walking about <clears> the place. It, and the stock just walked in. They, they, just, they, they never got out of a walk, just yeah. hanging around. Like, yeah. Not when they're working, when they're just hanging around while the other dog's working. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, well that's, it's no good getting older if you don't get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> How long has that taken you, really? Uh, only 70 years, Pete. <laughs> Is that how old you are? Um, 71 this year. Yeah, yeah I know. So when you came back, like, came out of high school at year 10. Yeah. You took up a management role. How soon did you end up taking up a... Yeah, I, I went... I, I worked... My brother managed a place and I, I worked for him for uh, two or three years, I suppose. Yep. And then, then I had the opportunity to go and work for... Uh, I felt that I worked for the next 40 years for. I went, yeah, went down... Stills. Yeah, went, went, yep. went down there and it was a just a more or less uh, scrub lock. Yep. Had uh, 60 sheep, I think, and a horse and a donkey when I was It's pretty rough. <laughs> And it was rough, yeah. and an old bulldozer, broken down bulldozer, that we, we cleared a lot of land and did a lot of fencing and built, built everything that was there, really. Was there a house there when you went there? Yeah, the house was there, yeah. but uh, it was... Right down in the middle right of the creek. Down, right down on the creek there, yeah. And you were managing that? Yeah, I went, I went to manage it, but it really wasn't nothing to manage there. There was only yeah, 60 okay. sheep, so... Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. some more development. There. But uh, we, we, did a, we bought a few neighbours out and developed it up, and... Yeah, when I when I went down there, there was only really only a track down of the house there, yeah. on the road really. Was it all timber when you went there, or most of it was timber? Yeah. yeah so you've killed most of that timber. Yeah, yeah. I've sort of uh, on an axe. Oh no, no. Bulldozer. Bulldozer. Yeah, got a yeah. quicker job. Yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of uh, cleared a lot of country and did a lot of fencing and uh, yeah, built shearing shed and a couple of sets of cattle. So he, he was but he was paying you to look after sixty sheep and develop the place. <laughs> well, develop the place more than anything. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, did a lot of bulldozers. So what were what was wages back then? Like that would have been what seventies yeah, well, then. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty good. I, I went. I was working for forty three dollars a week, doing five days a week from seven to five. Yep. For forty three dollars a week, and then I went to that job, and I went from forty to eighty. Double my money. Double my money. <laughs> the, uh, the, how how um. What happened to the family property? Uh, it's still in the family, yeah. My, my, yeah, right. My, my two, I'll, uh, up there I've got a photo of my brother Doug. He, he, he uh, passed away a couple of years ago, but he, he got half the place. And yeah. my other brother Michael, he, he got the other half. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but he, Doug's got lovely boys. They, they've, uh, they've got the place now. Um, yeah. Doug's half, and yeah, and he bought several other blocks there, so they got... Country alongside yeah, right. as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Mike has still got the other place. Yeah. Got the heater on him too. And how 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 young were you? Were you thinking I'm I'm going to get by my own place? Were you? Uh, really, you, I I mean, you were thinking that from real young. I was. I was. I I said trap rabbits. That's how I bought my first dog and my first horse with trapping rabbits. For two and six a pair they were. How old were you then? Oh, I would have been eight or nine. I was, I was working for, to get a horse when I was old enough yeah. to get on a horse. Were I mean, you thinking I'm going to get my own place to even that Yeah, young? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I never ever wanted anything else. Yeah. And I used to trap rabbits, used to set 
in the school holidays, I'd set 80 rabbit traps. Yeah, run them morning and night. And, and That's after milking cows or before yeah. cows? Or? Oh, before cows you did the traps, but yeah. otherwise foxes the, get the foxes or the cats would get your rabbits. So, and and I'd, we, we'd put them in hessian screens and the and the old fella at the freezer, he'd come around twice a week and pick them up out of the screens. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah, and you're getting two and six a pair for them. So a pair of big rabbits you get two and six for. But I made, I made an... 15 quid I paid for my pony and, and I paid 10 pound for this pup from, uh, I think it might have come, first pup I got might have been from Frank. Uh, yeah, came down on the train from Karindoy. Did, did you ever go up, travel up there and see him in person? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was years, that was years later, like. Yeah. So the first one was on reputation, first pup? Yeah, 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 yeah. Scan, everybody needed a scanner and like he had a big reputation. So. Yeah. As a handler and, and stockman, and everybody respected him. Oh, yeah. he was a good, he was a hard dog, very hard dog, but solid black dog and, and a very hard dog. But I this like, hard to handle, handle or hard, oh, handle, hard on stock or hard, a bit hard on stock. He was yeah. he's a bit, yeah. bit of a biter, and but I, I I broke him in, and he was he was a pretty handy dog. Yeah. Like uh, not not trained like I'd train a dog now, but he he he, he was a good dog. But he he used to. Uh, worked pretty close and everything was 100 mile an hour with him. Yeah, yeah, that'd be on him a bit. Yeah, working. yeah, that's right. He was no, like Frank had some good dogs then, Scanlon's Dell and Ring and a few really good dogs. He had, later on he had a, like, the best dog I got of Frank was a uh, spy dog he had called Gwen. Might have been, I can't think of the uh, name of the bitch, but he, he was a pretty handy dog. And then a bit more colour, a bit of yeah, easier yeah, just a bit easier. Spot. Yeah, old Frank was a great stockman. I sort of uh, worked. He worked the yard. A lot, lot of people in the, that I can remember sort of early on didn't work their dogs in the yard much. They'd have a oh, yeah, right. have a tin dog rattle. Yeah, yeah. And do most of the work in the yards themselves. Yeah. Uh, without the dogs, and they they get the sheep in with the dogs, obviously, but yeah. didn't have yard dogs like backing dogs and things like that. I never saw a dog back till I was probably. 15 or 18 or something like that. Oh, really? First yeah, dog right I saw right. get up on shoot. Hmm. Even through the shearing sheds? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a wasn't, a lot of, yeah, wasn't a lot of dogs used in the sheds because people were very... Uh, wool was worth a lot of money. Worth a lot of money yeah, and, you, no and didn't want any dogs, dog hair in the wool and, yeah. Yeah, and sheep were valuable animals. Like wool was a pound a pound at one stage there, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is... What regard were dogs, like, about sheep were about an animal, but what regards were dogs, how were they held? They were low, like, um, just a dog, just a work dog? Just a work dog, yeah, yeah they yeah, weren't, yeah. they didn't have a place. Was, weren't respected? No, not, not, not for the amount of work they did. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was the thing that struck me in New Zealand, how they loved their dogs and looked after them. Appreciate Yeah, really appreciate them. Everywhere we had beautiful cows. And I came back and sort of tried to... Lift my game, cannibalise and things. Bit more professional. Yeah, than yeah. yeah. That, but uh, this one fella that we went out to see him, he, he actually at lunchtime we had these hunterways and um, working out out on the hill, and we had lunch with him, and he he had sliver of meat for each of his dogs yep. at lunchtime. Yeah, well, right. yeah. You don't see too much of that in Australia. No, <laughs> no, it was, and yeah. they were big, lovely big dogs, and they loved loved him to death. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just. That, that, my attitude changed. That, that was a real light bulb moment for me going over there. And, and uh, even though we were only there for a week, I, I learned a lot about how you 
you know, you've got to lift your game. You only got to see it a lot of things, don't you? You don't have to do a two-year apprenticeship there. Like, you you see it, if you've got it in you, you'll make it happen. Yeah, I had no appreciation for the Hunterways. I didn't really think that they, uh, I reckon they... a spot for them. Yeah, because over here they were badly trained and they were just noisy. I reckon they probably drove all the kangaroos out of New Zealand. (laughs) 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 But then when I got over there and actually saw what they do with them, I thought, geez, these are fantastic dogs and so well trained. They put them up on side the hill and put them wherever they want, have them stand and bark and the sheep come together. So the New Zealand handlers are actually fair way out of the strain dogs. Well, they were really good handlers and, yeah. They all very open and good to talk to and free with their their training tips and things. Yeah, no. It was, was there anything that they wanted from you? No, not really. I was only a kid then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they're more than happy to pass that on. Oh yeah, yeah. And how do you think yeah. that's compared to Australian back in that era? They weren't. Uh, well, I didn't really mix with sheepdog people, sort of. No, they were so like, didn't yeah. really too busy. Uh, the first sort of involvement I got was when. Uh, Borough started up their, their club and and ran probably the first utility and yard trolls in, in the country. That, to my knowledge, anyway, it was only Armidale was the only ones that really took off with uh, yard trolls and utility trolls, and that goes back to fellas like Malcolm Peak and Steve Wayman and, and Greg Carmody and those fellas. Uh, yeah, it's Graham Horton, he had... He had two as good of dogs as I ever saw was Horton Squire and Horton's Mister. They were terrific dogs. Yep. And yeah, that that they, they uh, uh, like I say, it was, it was meeting people like like him that were just farmers, but they had really good dogs, and and you could see the quality in the dogs as soon as you saw them. And those fellas looked after him too. Obviously, he had yeah, their love for that's him. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Steve was uh, yeah, he, he was managing a big place there, and and Malcolm. Um, he he had Liz Kennedy at the time, and she she'd won a couple of Kelby trials, like I said, and then then he uh, Richard Clegg owned Marco, and he uh, he lent him to Steve to to trial, and he 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 was a uh, like an older dog then, but uh, so they put Marco over Kay and produced uh, Mac, who I regard as probably uh, the really foundation of. Better dogs, better kelpies today. Even like if I, I look back in pedigrees and people, people say um, that there's things going around that oh that Mac has got this and that and the other. But um, if you look at the big picture, where are the where are the dogs with the quality that don't go back to that dog? And I can't find them. Yeah, yeah. like not the things that I look for in a dog anyway. That strength. Isn't so it? it's it's like. It's like looking at the bigger picture here. There's all sorts of things like CA and everything that people are very worried about. Now, I, I get a phone call a week from people looking for a pup. and I, The first thing they'll ask you, are they CA tested? Um, but to me, it, it, it's, it's definitely out there. and It's probably uh, uh, a problem, but I don't see it as, a, as significant. Um, some of the best dogs I've ever seen probably with CA carriers. I'd, uh, so I, I, I consider it... It might actually be an indicator of a good line of dogs. <laughs> well, I know there's talking horses of uh, some of those things that people really frown upon and, and some people regard them as... Uh, performance genes. Performance genes. So it's, it's just... It's, uh, 
it's looking at the whole picture and and I like with dogs I, I I'm very particular about certain things in my dogs and when I I don't um, I see dogs in pedigrees especially close up in pedigrees with, with traits that I don't like I, I wouldn't use them for any any reason and I reckon that's stood me in good stead over the years I've been breeding dogs that they might they might be everybody's cup of tea but they suit me and, and I've been able to maintain that there's a lot of lot of breeders out there that uh, are one they, they breed brilliant individuals but then they haven't carried that line on it's very hard to like I said earlier, it's very hard to carry that strength and, and all the things that you want. If, you, if I want, I, I breed sheep and horses and and bulls and mostly it's only for one or two traits. But if you're breeding dogs, utility dogs, you want at least five, maybe ten different things there in that dog. And to get to line the genetics up to get those uh, is very hard. And to maintain them is even harder. So a lot of those traits are sort of subjective too, aren't they? Right, well, they are. Opinion, like you're exactly. saying earlier about strength. Right. Someone thinks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't measure it. And you do can't it measure it. That's right. Yeah. Because it's you well, might well, say this dog's strong, and then he might say that's not that's th- weak to me. That's right. Well, so it's just opinion. That's why there's all sorts of talk of VVBs for dogs. Well, it's, that's yeah, I, I, I really. That's no chance. Not a chance in no. the world. Not no. a chance, no. in the world. Yeah. because it's all subjective. You can only do it for size and that's things. right. Like exactly. physical. Yeah, exactly. Measurable or, or traits, really. Measurable Fertility. traits. Measurable yeah, traits, exactly. and 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 uh, your your idea of walk up strength and mine might be totally different. Exactly. And so uh, that it's not a not a factor that you'd ever consider in in dogs like uh, EVBs would be just impossible to yeah to police. I just want to jump back with um, the, yeah, so we're sort of talking about the, you know, a lot of people with the, the herder in, in the quarter horses. Yeah. You know, they only want to buy a horse that's a carrier because they think that's the best that's horse right. the best exactly. size of carriers. Yeah. It's a performance gene and, um, uh, 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 you know, I don't know exactly what dogs in the Kelpies are carriers, but I know a lot of the very best sires and prepotent dogs that have bred on seem to be carriers for CA. Do you think that's a fluke or is actually something in that? Do you I, think that well, it- I, I've, I've thought about that for for quite a few years and I, I'm, I, I don't like to say it, but I, I do think it's definitely a factor. There's a link. Yeah, there's a link there. Yeah. No doubt about but, it. But just, look, you know, for my experience is tiny compared to yours, but I, I can feel like I can see a link. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there is a link there. Anyway, sorry, I just... You'll yeah, get phone calls, you you'll get phone calls next week. Uh, yours are all carried, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. I, I, can, I can see people's concern, but to me it doesn't doesn't really concern me. Um, if uh, Well, if he's a good dog versus a, who's a carrier versus a dog that's a... Sh- that's right, dog. A, lesser, a lesser dog... Yeah, well, uh, I would I'd, I'd definitely, I'd take I'd, a chance with my you. word, I'd use the carrier every time. Yeah. Because of, like I said, it's... Uh, so many traits. There's so many traits there that you look for, and um, if you really want to breed... If I, if I just wanted to breed um, heading dogs that work yeah, obstacles and three yeah, sheep, yeah. I, I, like, I, like I've said to people before, I, I don't know many people who make, make a living out of three sheep. Yeah. Like Greg Prince was one, but... I need more sheep, so I need a dog that'll work more sheep. Yeah. And I, I've, I've uh, 
come to the conclusion that you know the more more dog heads, the less value he is to me as a real dog, like a real um, work dog. I, I, I prefer a dog that doesn't head but wants to shift his sheep that I can I can put round the head if I need to, and that stays in the pocket is far more valuable to me than a heading dog. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's just my personal view and 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 a, a thing that I've used as a tool for selection for a long time, and I get a probably get a fair bit of criticism of it, but I've never I've never ever went out to breed dogs. For anyone else, I mean, only myself. I never did a mating that I didn't want to keep a pup out of. I bred a lot of pups, but I always, always thought if that I'd keep a pup myself out of that mating. I never did, never just did a mating to sell yeah. the pups. So but that that unwavering goal is what's made you successful because people want to go with the fashion or popular. That's right. That's yeah. never been a factor. You're just okay, like you say, it mightn't be for everyone. But this is what I'm doing, and it's just yeah, that's right, unwavering. They're always doing yeah, well, that, that's Some yeah. people call that stubborn. <laughs> but uh, that's a, not though. many. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's rare though. That's well, the thing. Well, it is. I'm, ne- I'm sort of, yeah, probably never ever. Um, the money's never worried me as far as I'm, I'm never worried about. Um, outlay money. Outlay like money. Yeah. And if I went to buy a ram or a bull, I've always. Look for something that I wanted, and I mostly get it if I wanted. I'm yeah. prepared to meet the price that I need to pay yeah. if I think he's got potential to be what I want. I've never, I've stuck to my guns and stayed yeah. that way. And, and the same with my dogs. Like I've, I've always um, tried to select dogs that will be uh, a, a benefit in a breeding program to me. Have something. That I'm lacking, that I want to try and bring bring back in, and sometimes I can use a dog that um, will give me something. Um, well, you can see with your breeding, you jump ahead of most people. We're still using your older dog, whereas you're going out to source something, and that's sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Game a bit, a lot of your breeding, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I don't know it's, whether it's lucky. I've just been lucky, but I, I've I've every dog sort of that I've tried to use outside my own lines. I always had a little bit of my own blood in there somewhere. I'm sort of, I've, I'm bloody old enough now that, that, that there's a few good dogs that go back to my older dogs and, and I know that, I know the dogs behind them and so I, I can take a little outcross with my dogs behind and I know my dogs are solidly bred up front that they'll carry that, the, the weakness that, or things that I don't want in that line. I can put them over my bitches and they'll be dominant and I might just get that little bit of X factor that I'm looking for. So that's the way I've approached breeding sort of and that the outcrosses that I've used have always been to pick to, something to, up. To try and get something else that I that I've lost or didn't have. Yeah. Um and yeah, like I said, the utility dogs, you're looking for a, a, a traits there, half a dozen traits and like uh, it's, they're a little bit harder to breed than, than sheep or cattle. Mm. So, mm. yeah. And yeah. that's that's sort of why you're probably so dominant. Like, your pedigree goes back for... Well, when did you breed your first litter? Like, back to Lucky and... Yeah, yeah, well, I, I won a national kelpie trial long before I had Lucky. Yeah, right, so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that, that line of dogs had holes in them. Yeah. And 
I actually didn't. I've got none of those dogs in. There's, there's the bitch I won the kill patrol with. I think it was 84 or 84 up there in the corner in that photo. The red and, man. Yeah, but I've got none of that bloodline in yep. my dogs because they had they had things that I didn't want. They were trainable, but they didn't have didn't have that come forward on stock yep. that I wanted. And so after I I got dogs like I was lucky enough to get lucky, and and she she I saw Mac and. I liked his work style. And so that's about the start of your Yeah, that, that's, really the, that's the really the start of the dogs yep. that I've got today. They all go back to those dogs. That'd like, be like nearly 25, 30 generations. Yeah, it was up, I think it was 1980 or something when I got lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so around then anyway, yeah. I wouldn't say it was exactly 80, but yeah, it might have been 80, 82 or three or something like that. I don't know. But, but all my, I haven't got a dog that hasn't got a couple of crosses of lucky, you know. Yep. And, and Mac, I... I regard Mac as being a, a bit of an impact. Oh, he, he, he was he, when you look at the the pedigrees of dogs. Like Mac, Mac was there in him. He, he was a he was a very solid dog, ugly little fella, uh, but a but a good. Really had had the work that I like. Um, he wasn't a he, he didn't rush around or anything, but he everything that you saw him work, he had respected him. He, he uh, and Lucky was the same. He, she was like a female version of Mac. Yep, yep. So how many years were you down Forest Hills before you got Lucky? Um. Oh, yeah, a few years. A few years, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yep. I started there in '76 or something like that. So I suppose you're pretty busy developing forest hills. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. didn't have enough, like, yeah, you didn't have no, a lot of stock, I suppose. Well, lucky enough, we bought we bought a place next door, which um, yeah. So we ran sort of got, had. Wasn't I wasn't there very long before we had some pretty good country. country yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We, 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 and and then stock and, numbers pretty quick. And the and the dogs, like you're saying, in service, these bought you the yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've read Watch Out of Lucky. He was, yeah. That was one of her first litters. Um, and then yard trials started to take off a bit, and yeah, he was a he was a real natural yard dog sort of thing, and he won. Australian Yard Championship on a couple of them, yeah. but he was and and he was a big, siry type dog. He was a bit over the top sort of dog. Pretty impressive. And, yeah, and, and people remember him when they see him. And he was a very good sire. Like he he he, I don't know, could have sired six or seven hundred pups, I reckon. Yeah, right. That's... And uh, he, he he almost got a good, better than average pup in every litter. Didn't matter what whether the bitches were crossbred bitches yeah. or whatever. He was very dominant. Yep. Uh, where the people bred on with the pups, I don't know, but there was lots of good watchdogs popped up all over the place. Yeah. Uh, because he, he, but he was a sire. I, I like, I like to see a sire. Sometimes it's a bit, probably a bit over the top. Uh, he, uh, and I know definitely. Extreme, nearly. Yeah, that's right. They, they seem to, and he was that sort of dog. In what way? Extreme. Oh, just uh, he, he. Strength. Yeah, strength and and uh, in the yard, like yeah, he. Dominate. He'd make sheep go. He just, uh, they had to go and... They knew that it's not mucking about. We, we, when he was only a young dog, we were penning up crossbred, these crossbred ewes, and they were hard to pen up. I didn't have a very good setup, and they were hard to pen up. He, he was about 18 months old, and the, he had these ewes, they, was, they, they, they just wouldn't go in. He, he was on their backs, he, he grabbed the top knot, got down on the ground and snigged this 
you in backwards. Like Bain the red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you think that's going to be a long day? Got the, got the rest going though, I'll tell you. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was a bit of an over-the-top dog. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, but he was a very... Must have been effective though. I knew you had oh, a yeah. job to do that yeah, sort yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He's, he's a pretty smart dog. And Lucky yeah. was the same. Lucky, Lucky yeah. get things moving. She... she she knew she had a lot of eye and was very sticky when I first started her. But once she realised um, that that she could that I wanted to bring the sheep to me, she was she trained herself. That desire to do a job. Yeah, that's right. that and, and, all your dogs. and that nature, that solid, you know. And she really she loved you. She she just uh, she idolised you. Yeah. So it just it flowed through to the work. Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was a great great bits of kids. Loved the kids and. Yeah, she when when she got older, she retired herself, and uh, we she wouldn't just wouldn't didn't didn't go to work. Yeah, right. one, one day, that little creek at the back of the house was flooded. I'm um, trying to get about three hundred wings across the creek with a couple of dogs and one. Now a lot of success, and she's watching from the wood heap. Anyway, got too much for her. She went across, and she cut about fifteen off and drove them through this deep water and the rest followed and she went back to the woods. The wood woods. <laughs> <laughs> Must have got the better of her. <laughs> but she she was an incredibly smart dog. Yeah, started, she, started the lead up. Yeah, well she did she did she won quite a few good trials but she did the best work at home, sort of things that I you wouldn't tell people that because I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. One day So I, they obviously taught you a lot too. Oh I did. I I, I was bringing some had three um, double fleece weathers down um, they were down on the river there, and I tried to get them a few times. Anyway, this one day I was there. That's on the Abercrombie River there, yeah, on that yeah. pretty rough sort of stuff. And uh, I, I got these weathers with her, and we'll, I'm bringing them up. There's a sort of a hill with a gate halfway up the hill, and uh, got to the gate, and the three of them are standing there. She's holding them, and one one broke off and jumped down a bank and couldn't see the other other two. And she went round and she had it held there, and I just uh, sat on the horse with the gate open, waiting for her. And the other two were just standing there, and she's there. She tried everything to get this weather off the ledge, and he wouldn't move. So she came up, took the other two weathers down, jumped them down on the ledge, and brought the three back. Yeah. And I never said a word to her, but you couldn't, you can't teach that. It's no, just, no, no. Just she just had a knew that it was a job to be yeah, done. Yeah, that's right. What we're trying to do hey, here. Yeah, how exactly. Do it. It's, it's amazing now, teacher. Oh, Things right. like I was talking about that story last night with that dog blocking and then yeah. driving away, see yeah. if they want to stop again. That's right, yeah, yeah. Like well, that's taught me so much. I just thought, well, I don't know what, what she's going to do here. And, I, and she tried everything to get this weather off and he'd just stamp his feet. And she, he just wouldn't move. He was, couldn't hardly see. I, I actually clipped the wool from around there. Because oh, they yeah, were double yeah. fleeces and I got, got, got the pocket knife <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and opened one. Side so, up so they could see where they were going. Line them up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they, but she, yeah, just took the two, two from the horn. So that comes back to what you were talking about earlier too, about trusting your dog to do it rather than thinking you know right. better than an animal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You just sit there out of the road because that's right. Yeah. That dog, you knew that dog. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know how to fix this problem for you. Right. Exactly. Mostly, isn't it? Yeah, no, she was a good, she, she had a lovely dog with cows and cars because she never. She'd never intimidate the cow. You'd have a cow with a young calf and she'd just go close enough that the cow would move off and then she'd take up the slack and if the cow turned around, she'd lay down, make herself, she'd lay flat on the ground and, and she wouldn't move. The cow come right up and sniff her and she wouldn't she wouldn't move. Yep, yep. And the cow would just move off and take the calf away and didn't intimidate the cow. But, yeah, you get 
a lot That's of That's that shepherding you call <coughs> about right, yeah, you yeah. get the ten o'clock yeah. but it's stop exactly. motor there and that keeps that movement going. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But she didn't have to jump up and bite to be effective. She yep. would bite if she needed to be, but she'd, uh, she had that just nice effect on stock. Yeah, yeah. So it's that, that calm strength. That's what she's it is. She's sort of saying, yeah. I'm not, not going to move, but I'm not going to give you a cheap shot either. That's right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen cows run up to her and blow snot on her and she'd not, never move them. Yeah. And, and then if they wanted to go on, she'd just reach up and bite them. She wouldn't yeah. jump up, she'd just reach up and bite them. Yeah. And, and yeah. they get the biggest shock of the life and turn around and go. Here's a line. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've crossed yeah. it. You've crossed it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, she was a smart old dog, and I, I credit to a lot of different dogs. And she was a bit like what she never had a litter that wasn't something better than average in it, sort of thing. So she. Was so when you got her, you're at Forest Hills. Yeah. Yeah. And she, married by then. Yeah. Pauline she, came on the scene. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. She's buried in the backyard at Forest Hills. She got a. Monument and the headstone there in yep. the backyard of the house I used to live in there. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So, uh, so you did really well to get Pauline down there, did you? And it was that night. You obviously <laughs> took her down there at night. <laughs> the deal was that we were only going to stay there till the kids started school, and yeah, we were down there for I think forty-one years. So, so you and kids buying, aren't educated. No, they're not educated <laughs> at all. <laughs> You went there managing and developing it and you ended up buying it, is that right? No, I didn't buy no, it, no. You never no, bought I it. Only, only ever managed it for the people. Yep. But I, I, I bought a place just up the road, yep. uh, 450 acres, yep. and then I bought another, another block a bit further on as I could afford it. And, yeah, wow. And then, yeah, we sold one and bought this this place here and, yeah, just... Uh, you had to put a foam line and everything in there. Yeah, the yeah. When I first went down to that job, I did, uh, yeah... Was was ended up about uh, eleven kilometres of, of phone line altogether. Uh, and you strung it up yourself had to clear yeah, it with those pretty rough had, country. Yeah, to clear it through some scrub and then uh, yeah, I was from tree to tree through through some pretty steep country and then then I put all poles in, put a double line up to hook onto a party line. It was only a single line, so one line I put up and we never ever used. <laughs> we still had the single party line. Used to. Yeah, our our ring was um, two longs and a short, so the the fella at the manual um, switchboard switchboard he he the phone would ring and you'd have two long rings and then one short ring. So and fella up the road he was a short and two longs, and so it was about I think it was about six or seven on the party line. And so if if I was on the phone, my neighbour could pick up and listen. Yeah, yeah. Quite yeah. often he quite quite <laughs> often hear the click. <laughs> They were back the good old days as they call them, I suppose. Did, were you kind of like a dominant figure in Kelpies by then or are you still no, early no, days? I, early no, days so. never, no, only early days and yeah, I I I sort of pretty focused on your own goals by then, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. And I didn't do many trials, like I might might uh, I don't do a few local trials and I never travel very far. Later on, when I had a bit of a team of dogs, I used to travel around a fair bit, but in the early days, I had sort of trials were only just starting. Uh, went up to Armadale, I think I probably got my 40th year at Armadale this year. They gave me a, <laughs> a, a, a bit of a, a, a painting of that. Oh, up there actually. Oh, right. Which, which one did they give you? Yeah, it's a, oh, they it's did it in oils, is it? Oh, yeah. 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 In the air of that, for uh, 
was watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. I, but I've sort of travelled up there. I'm having Mr. Armadale Mora, what you said there, right? Yeah, that was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who did the Armadale? Who Would have been that? John Roston and uh, yeah, the crew from up there. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah that, that was. I think. I think the first uh, Armadale trial I went to was either 1983 or 1984, <laughs> and that was about the, that was the start of the. And I don't think I've missed one um, since then. I've been up there every year since. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. You have to keep going for a while yet. Then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mate, just warming up. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, I, like I sort of like always like going up there. They've always looked after you well and uh, had a bit of success up there. So yeah. So you must have uh, delivered at Forest Hills, which is if no one knows about, it's about now sort of south of Bathurst, isn't yeah, it? Sort of, yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. rough country. It's yeah, yeah. Out of the way. Yeah, that's right. House yeah. right on a creek, and when it's in flood, you sort of got to risk <laughs> your life getting over the footbridge. When, when, when the kids, <laughs> when the kids were little, and I didn't have that footbridge there, my neighbour used to he bring uh, canned milk down for the kids and, and you'd have to row across and get it. Kids would love that. Miss out on a bit of school. Oh, no, yeah. Up, <laughs> yeah, no, they missed a fair few days of school because, uh, yeah, we've got a flood in the creek. Might be, we might be flooded in there for a week or ten days sometimes. I suppose they said, ask, always ask you what's on today. Don't you expense? <laughs> no, we're going to school. Spend the bloody river. <laughs> yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to take them up to the bus. That was... Um, 12 k's up the road every morning to the bus and then we'd have primary school and then the kids started high school so you'd have a trip up two to ship, the buck barrier yeah. there for uh, the high school kids. And you hadn't moved out like you said. That's, <laughs> you yeah. had to. That's why we were moving out when the kids started school. <laughs> it just yeah. didn't happen. And, and how many how many kids and yeah. how did that, when did they all come along? Yeah, four kids. We've got uh, two boys and two girls and yeah, they're they all um, were sort of... Also saw a lot of pups, I bet. Yeah, they did, yeah. They were always great helps with the, help with the pups. All of them, they loved playing with the pups. That was the thing I missed the most when they they all left home. as the actually socialisation of the pups, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's good. The girls would have them wheeling them around in prams and doing all sorts of things with them, and it was good for the pups. And you didn't just have your four kids either, did you? Because you no, we fostered, fostered a few kids too. Yeah, we fostered a few kids. Yeah, they were yeah. good. Though. Enjoy having them. Uh, Is that the, and the couple of kids are still here at home, weren't they? When you had them? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we had still had all our four kids and yeah, a couple yeah, others on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they were good though. And you probably got, now. because you lived a fair way in town, you might have got some of the rougher kids probably uh, too. So no else did, yeah, I think they, we started off with getting little little fellas, sort of, uh, um, no! some have a bit of family trouble and yeah. take a little one for for a few months and yeah. and then we started to get the kids that were a bit of a problem in town and yeah, but they, they were all good kids, they were quite well. Yep. Uh, what, what drove you to do that? Oh, I just always had a soft spot for kids and yeah, yeah. So we just decided we'd try and get a few kids that didn't have so much of a chance and yeah, it was good. Just try and help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Because your upbringing was it, because your dad died, you said at nine, so. Yep. You, did that come back to say, oh, well, I'd like to give a kid a chance to have a oh, family too, or yeah, not I really? Or? So, yeah, I always, we sort of had a pretty close knit family and I was. 
family oriented. So yeah, I just uh, I've always had a bit of a bit of a fendi with kids. Always been yeah, you always so you know what child you bring here. That's right. Yeah, they all exactly. love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, yeah, something I suppose. But uh, yeah, we've got a lot of enjoyment out of the foster kids over there. Yeah. And what about the what about the one that? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did get we had one little fellow that he was a bit wild. He he tried to do everything he could to to uh, annoy you, but, um, and I gave him lots of chances. We might have had him for twelve or fourteen months, I suppose, and but he he just didn't seem to want to comply. One day I, I was breaking a young horse, only had about three rides on it, and my son came out with a with his mate and. And this, this young fellow said, ah, oh, do you want to go for a ride on the horse? I said, I've got a quiet one up there. He said, no, I'll ride the other one. So he put this young fellow who couldn't ride at all on a virtually unbroken <laughs> horse, opened the gate and let him go. Well, obviously the horse bucked him through the young bloke and luckily he didn't get hurt. But I was pretty cranky and um, said, when I get hold of you, I'll give you what for. Anyway, <laughs> that must have scared him because he took off and... He, he, he was frightened of the dark, and if you had a run in with him, he'd always he'd come, come back, back right on dark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he didn't come back at dark, and we got a phone call to say, Oh, uh, Ian's in Bathurst, which is 90 kilometres away. And I said, What? How'd you get in there? Um, he's on a motorbike. So he's, <laughs> he actually walked um, up the road about three kilometres and stole a motorbike from next door, a four-wheel motorbike. And drove it all the way to Bathurst. Drove it all the way on it with one flat tyre to Bathurst. <laughs> That's a fair achievement. <laughs> so they said, will you come in and get him? I said, no, I'm sorry. I've, he's, he's crossed the line now. He's stolen the motorbike. I said, I'll go in and get the motorbike and I'll take his stuff in. And that's what I did. The next morning I went in and got the neighbour's motorbike and gave all his... All his clothes to the fella, and uh, yeah, I never heard any more from him. And about oh, only 18 months ago, one of my neighbours from, or oh, one of the fellow I knew pretty well from over at Black Springs, uh, I saw him at a cattle sale and he said, Oh, I got some cattle from Queensland. And a young truck driver said to me, Ask me if I knew you. And I said, Oh, yeah, who was that? And he said, oh, I gave his name, and he said, uh, he, he he told me about you foster, having him as a foster child. I said, yeah, yeah, well, I had him as a foster child. I said, he, he had a few wild ways. He wasn't a bad young fellow. He said, well, that's different to what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I... Still running. <laughs> yeah. He said, I did I did some terrible things to those people. He said, no, nothing but... Did nothing but... Show good things for us. Yeah. And for me. And, uh, and he said... He turned my life around, that fella. He said... Uh, when, I, when he wouldn't come back and get me after I'd stolen the motorbike and gone to town, he said, uh, I knew then that that's a, that was a real turning point in my life. He said, I... Crossed the line. Yeah, and he said, only, only for him, he said, I wouldn't wouldn't be what I am today, he said. So that was gratifying. Um, but, yeah. It's a big impact on someone's life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. And he, and he wasn't... He was a... Just I... He'd had a pretty... Uh, traumatic upbringing anyway so it, yep. it was sort of uh, I couldn't you know I might have been a bit hard on him but he 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 ended up 
working out all right. So it was yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I used the same rules for the foster kids as I used for my own. They had to do their jobs and yep. uh, I was always treated them um, firm but fair. That's my... Same as the old day. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's a, that's a that's the way. And if, if the kids respect you, you're halfway there. Yep. So the dog respects you, respect. it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, you said a lot like you were saying, the dog not, it's not respecting the stock and it's That's not right. respecting you, like it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. they're your yeah. stock. Yeah. Like yeah, if no. you disrespect them, disrespect, you disrespect them. That's man. right, disrespectful to the stock, he's not a good dog and, and it's not not good for your stock. And if he disrespects for you, if he doesn't have respect for you, you uh, you can't have him you can't make him respectful on your stock so mm. it's just a vicious circle if you, if you, if you see uh, see dogs that are out of control and um it, it's not not beneficial to you or all the stock so yeah you just gotta you gotta have that respect and they've got to respect their stock when they work them yeah well that's Ian, that fellow who went away he obviously had respect for you because and you took it away, the work away, basically, and the yeah, love. that's right, yeah. And that's changed his life. Yeah, yeah, You do yeah. that with pups, don't you? Yeah, that's right, yeah. You have trouble going in the train, they don't want to go in there, they've got, you've lost their respect. That's and right, And you've yeah. got to take that away and build that respect again. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to have them wanting to do. Get a, a pup that wants to learn, oh, you can train, but if, he, if he's, if you're training him out of fear, um, He's not going to absorb it. He won't. He won't take it in. You can train him to a certain level. You never get him to a high level, and you can't get him to. The, when 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 fear comes into it, if he's fearful of the stock or fearful of you, um, it's it's very hard to get a dog to a high level if he if, he, if he's frightened of the stock or frightened of you. You can't you have him. Yeah. You've lost the ingredient to make a real top dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so you four. Four kids. Um, where where did they end up? And yeah, my, any of them sort of carried on the dog sheep side. Of uh, no, not really. What have they all done? Yeah, no, they're, they're all successful. Yeah, they've all done really well and all got their own families now. And yeah, all very proud of all of them. They're they're all good kids and worked out well. Sort of uh, not not so interested in. Uh, in the land side of things, but they're all very. Um, but they're all coming home, like you've yeah, got two grand, your yeah. daughter and partner, and the two right, yeah. last night. Yeah, no, they they like to come home, and that's the way we like it. Yeah. Like a house full of kids, if we can yeah. get my grandkids whenever I can, and uh, my youngest daughter's kids, they come out quite a lot and interested in the dogs and the place. So it's yeah, that's good. Yeah. So she's like local. Yeah, they just live in Bathurst. Yeah. And Lisa lives in Sydney and yeah, the two boys are only in Bathurst so it's yeah. pretty close and yeah, Troy comes out quite a lot and helps me and Dale too. Yeah, cool. And they're both electricians and handy. Uh, so it's, it's <laughs> handy if you can get them to come out and do yeah, 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 yeah. But, but any, they any trades handy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, they they're, they're all great great kids actually and and they the grandkids are yeah, they're the light of my life. Yeah, yeah, it's family and friends, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, when it all comes down to it, you've only got your dogs and your family. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave the sheep out of it. Oh, no, the sheep are, sheep are, yeah, I like the sheep, but they're like a dog. 
dog becomes your friend as well as your mm. your work your workmate and your friend as well. So yeah, you always got a special place for a dog. Yeah, so, the top ones especially. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and some some dogs are more likable than others. Yeah, some dogs are just work dogs, and they uh, that's all they want to be. But some dogs want to be be uh, a friend as well. And yeah, yeah that's the way you become part of your family. Don't yeah, that's right. They do. Oh, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like dogs that like the kids. Yeah. Um, so just uh, usually I, I look for I don't like those jump all over you type dogs old yeah. Jack Body said to me once he said I don't like a dog to jump on him but I like a dog that would jump on me yeah. so that sums that yeah. it up but virtually he, he, he was a very kind man with his dogs uh, he used to sew um, like quilting on the inside of the Dog collars and things like that. Yeah, right. He loved his dogs, old Jack. But he, yeah, that that was one of Jack's sayings. Another one was he didn't like weak dogs. He liked strong dogs. And one of Jack's favourite sayings was uh, that dog wouldn't shift a fly off a chop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he detested dogs that wouldn't walk up. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably that here. They've got to get a job done. It's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that's like, that that's a. A saying that I I really like that wouldn't shift a fly off a chop up. That's my attitude too. I like it. If, you, if a dog can't shift the livestock, then he's not not useful enough for me. Yeah, we've got to get him to the yards, don't we? Uh, my word, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, old Ted Gavey was a. I, I used to have a lot of um, long chats with Ted. He, he had. Um, Good dogs too. They were Wybello dogs. They were nice, big, solid dogs. A lot of, a lot of them had lop ears, and Ted never worried too much about their ears standing up. And uh, I got a pup off him once I was down there, and the young fella bought this pup back that his ears didn't stand up. And uh, anyway, old Ted wasn't worried. He replaced the pup, and when the young fella went, he said to me, he "said uh, I don't mind them with lop ears." He said, "I've never seen one that." Never seen a dog that works sheep with its ears yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he turned this this six months old pup when he had big floppy ears, turned him onto a few training sheep he had there and the, the pup did some lovely work. Yeah, he said yeah, yeah. Uh, he said sometimes selling these pups like that is really good because someone else will rear them for you. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they do a good job. And he gets them back and he yeah, said, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll only have this dog for a few weeks, he said, and then I'll sell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he, he didn't worry about his ears being loppy. You'd still get phone calls to this day that people ring up with a specific, oh, oh, like, oh, I had a good, oh, I want a red and tan dog, and that's all they're going to take. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and Not look at any other traits. No, like and, and people dog. ring and... You got a litter there a couple of days old and they want photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah, I'm not, not just having, I'll anywhere. take anything you got here, Chris. I'll just start them. I've seen your dogs work, I'll take one of them, they'll be good. Nah. Yeah, just, just, just that's just the way things have changed over the years. Like, yeah, once upon a time, the, you wouldn't worry about the cosmetics, but a lot of people today. They see dogs like Link with a bit of white on his chest, and oh, geez, you wouldn't breed from him. He's yeah. got one lop here and a white chest. Yeah. And to me, like like old Frank said, I don't care what he looks like. Put him on stock, and I'll see. I'll tell you if he's any good or not. Yeah. It didn't matter what colour he was. Yeah. He had a bit of white on his neck or yeah. something. He was probably had a few odd coloured dogs. Yeah, he? yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, 
he had, I think Dell might have had quite a bit of, he had a Vince there called Ring, he had nearly had a white collar and kelp black and tan. Yep. But, yeah, like, like you said, you let them go on cheap, he said, and people seem to forget about their lop ear or their, their bit of white on the chest yep. if they work right. And and it's it's the whole picture. It's, it's like saying, the, the to me, it's more important that they, they're good dogs and they're good nature and they work well than the cosmetic things of secondary to me. I don't really care. Well, like you said, there's so many things that you, you need that you can't be fussy about silly things that really That's don't right, matter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's so hard to get them. That's right, yeah. And what would, you would have, you know, like we said, there might be 10, 15, 20 traits really you can, you know, go into detail about, but there would be, I would imagine, you would have three or four that are deal breakers that you've yeah, got to have them and right. other things are a bonus to yeah, get exactly. more and more that complete dog. But yeah. they will just be, a, I'm sure there'd just be a couple of things that you just, they've got to have these things for, yeah, that's what, right. what yeah. would they be? Well, strength is, a, like I said, that's... that's Hard to get easy to lose. Hardest, hard, yeah, that sums it up pretty well, Pete. Um, yeah, that they must they must have that come forward and not dive forward, but nice, steady, calm strength. Um, so that that's that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and then then you combine all the things like like I, I need them to work cattle, I need them to work in the yard, I need them not to have too much bite, um, and they've got to be calm and confident around. If you're working stud sheep. I don't, I don't want dogs that excite the sheep and run them in defence. Hanging them off the walls yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, calmness, strength, um, and, yeah, good minds. Like, yeah. nice to live with. Yeah. Not 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 rabbits that are running up and down the cows and yeah. being silly. I like them to be yeah. nice and... So, yeah, and, and then I like them to back sheep and not all strains of kelpies want to get up on the backs which is understandable some yeah. of the outside dogs don't don't like the back and yeah. any, any dog that won't jump on the up on their back after a couple of tries and and be confident when it gets up there i'll never make make a good backing dog anyway yeah he'll, he'll just want to get from a to b as quick as he can on the sheep's backs yeah um and, and i need them to be confident when you break their natural distance by that I mean I can put them in a tight pen and they'll push past without having, without fear. Uh, and come inside their natural working distance. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the first thing I try to... Uh, I'll, I'll establish a pup's natural distance and then I'll try and get inside that as quick as I can. So I'll put... Like in that tight pen behind the race that we worked in this morning, I'll put 20 sheep in there and... and and they get packed against the fence, and I want the. I don't want. I haven't taught him to back yet. I want him to push past. Yeah. And be confident, because that that's the thing I see most. Uh, one of the big differences between border collies and kelpies is you 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 t- you if you take that natural distance away from a a, a big strong uh, collie pup, he'll bite his way past. He'll he'll be fearful when he gets inside his natural distance. He doesn't want to be in there. Yeah, and I find with really kelpies that they're they're less inclined. You can interfere with that natural distance, and they're not they don't have to be savage about not intimidated. That's right, not intimidated. So I'll, I'll get my pups when, once I get a little bit of balance on them. I'll I'll take them in there with a, a tight pen and make them push past. I haven't taught them the backs. Some some with a bit of backing in there. 
blood lines will jump up by themselves, but I don't want them up there at this stage. I want yeah. to keep them on the ground, push past both sides and clear the fence without biting, just just squeeze past and, and turn the sheep towards me and then I'll send them the other way. And when they do that nicely and, and I can keep them on the ground, I'll then just teach them to back a little bit. Yeah. But I, the backing's the last thing I put on them because uh, a lot of dogs uh, will use backing as a way of getting out of the hard the hard yards. Yeah. So, so they want to jump up on the yeah, backs yeah, instead right. of doing what they should be doing. The best work a backing dog does is come back through his sheep with his head up I don't like those dogs that hide when they come back underneath sheep. I want them to come back confidently with his head up along along the fence and the sheep run past to fill the race properly. That's if I'm judging a trial or something, I'm very hard on the dog that hides when he's coming back, runs up and gets gets underneath yeah, and pops up it. pops up at the back and the sheep haven't moved. That's a real bad fall. I reckon a, a good confident dog he'll come back through his sheep with his head up and the sheep run past him. So, yeah, and that's but that's the last thing I put on my yeah. on my pups. So I get uh, see see their natural distance and let them establish that in a in a reasonable size pen. But as soon as I've got a little bit of handle on them, I'll I'll try and get inside that natural distance yeah. so that I've got that there that I can call them in and they know that they can come inside that distance and it's okay. But if you persist in the round pen and go out into the paddock and you've got you haven't broken that. Uh, that line natural distance line. And, and, and let them know it's all right to come inside it. Sometimes hard to get them to lift and bring your sheep to yeah. you. But yeah, it's just just something I find I find effective when you train training your pups to yeah. to try and break that natural cycle. And so probably pretty distance. early in the it is yeah. in their training, so that's a pretty good selection method. Of <laughs> it is too. To yeah, lead your pups out exactly. Without. Yeah, the ones that Even don't want to push. Yeah, well, well, the ones that don't want to push past and and are, aren't happy to go go tightly push push them off the fence and make their way through. Usually, they're they're a little bit harder to make the better dogs out of. I find uh, if they're, they're just confident, less confident. Aren't yeah, they? they're less confident, and and they yeah you've you've broken up that that uh, natural distance early, and you see the ones that are going to be harder to get to be effective dogs I reckon yeah so, yeah that's just something that I yeah no. I like to think about anyway yeah yeah I've got things here written down I haven't <laughs> okay haven't had to <laughs> yeah we've covered a lot of it storing semen you, you probably would be nearly the first would you with Kelpies to, to go down that road Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was the first. Not, but not I, that it matters if you're yeah. first or, no, <laughs> or no, anything like that. But you, you've done it earlier on yeah, before yeah, majority of people, and and now now you're bringing it back. back. Yeah, yeah. You know, did you when you, when you collected it, you just like okay, this is good dogs. These traits, I need to put this away. And um. And, did you or did you already have a picture of where you were going to go down the track with that, or you just need to put it away because it was good, and then the plan developed as you went? Uh, yeah, I, well, I saw the saw the virtue in the dogs that I collected, um, and I, I guess it stems back to my I, I probably would have been one of the first to to use um, AI in sheep. Okay, and that was with Dorsets. 
and that was back in the 70s. Yeah, right, eh? and the one, the, nobody was using AI sort uh-huh. of at that stage, and and yeah, the, uh, so I, I, I used AI in the sheep nearly every year since we've had a merino stud for 35 years down at Burriga, and so I was using AI early on, and I could see the benefits of being able to store a good sire and then knitting back, back, knit, knit back yeah. in later on when you when you moved away a little bit the virtues that he had you could bring back and so i could see that in the dogs how valuable that would be later on down the track if i uh, i was a, always been a bit of a student of genetics and so i could see the the, the benefits and being able to store um your your good dogs that had virtues that you 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 knew they were special because you. I saw lots of dogs and they didn't have those things. Yeah. So that, that that's probably the reason I did it. Yeah. Um, and now I can see I, 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 the, the proof of the puddings up there in the in the in the cows are the dogs that are um, products of AI from dogs that have been dead for twelve or fifteen years, um, and they're they're showing the same traits. Yeah. Even even down. Type and work style of those nice dogs that I had back then. So, yeah, it's just been something that I, I probably was prompted by breeding the sheep, um, and thought, you know, I should do this for cattle. But I've always been a bit of a bit fussy about um, uh, everything I've tried to do as far far as. Um, with the breeding, I, I looked for the best people I could find to freeze the semen. I didn't just... Yeah, that's like, Most vets all can do it, but that they're not doing it all the time. So I went to a greyhound yeah. uh, place that was freezing greyhound semen and, and using it. Yeah. And they've, I've always got results from the frozen semen. Yeah, I've done the same thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, I didn't, didn't take any shortcuts. It cost me and I've had to pay for the storage of the semen for, for 15 or so years, but it's it's... I, I can see the benefits of it. Well, it comes back like you were talking about. If you wanted that bull or that ram or whatever, that's right. You did it, but you just got to have that mindset. You get the best, you pay for it, and it that's pays right. Off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 semen. I, I, when I took the first dog down the collector, and he was a pretty old dog then, and uh, so when when they collected him, I said, "I'm going to bring the bitch back to be." inseminated by you fellas so if you don't want to use the semen if it's not good enough throw it out i don't i'm not going to pay for you to store semen that's not going to be useful yeah. to me yeah and Annie was an older dog so. yeah so they 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 said yeah no this this semen looks yeah. fine yep but then i've had a couple of dogs that taken down they said it's it's fine to use fresh but we we don't think that on thor you'll have enough um viable sperm there to be effective so we've thrown it out so yeah i've just and they've always i always got a nice litter of pups um, yeah but they they do it for a living so yeah they're experts you don't you don't you're cutting down your chance if you're going to pay the money to have it done um you might as well get it done properly and yeah so yeah that's that that was my my thought uh like i said the virtues of the dogs that i uh froze the semen from I thought were valuable and yeah. and and you didn't see dogs around that had them regularly so you knew you had something pretty special there so it was obviously um sensible to try and keep that yeah and I'm yeah I'm glad I did because it's worked out well and, and so and 
you know, so you've sort of used it the last few years and it, you know, what made you think this was the time we just say, okay, that's just, that's just watered down a bit, that that I had in my dogs is watered down, now's the time, or it's just like, oh, I'm getting older, I want to use it now. Oh, yeah, I suppose a bit of, bit of both, but I saw things in uh, in that bow dog that I needed. You know, he, he, uh, he was a, he was a really nice dog. He had, uh, he had that calm strength, and it just it was something that I reckon would would knit in well with the dogs I've got now, and and I really liked the 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 product of it. There, she she's everything that I thought I'd get. Yeah. Even down to type, she's she's a real type of that dog. Um, now this is the bitch with the. Yeah, yeah, pups. yeah. And those those bitches were a little bit smaller, a little, yeah. little, little more. Um, Thicker coat on them and lighter tan, and she's she's everything that that the dog up there in the photo is. Um, yeah, she's she's a female version of him, sort of. Yeah, lot, well, like yeah. I said, she looks like him. Yeah, that's right. Well, she she's she's had a couple of mishaps in in the sort of at work, but uh, she's still got got everything there, and, and I think she'll be a pretty special little bitch. Her pups will be yeah. something special. I hope they will be anyway. Yeah, and, and you've got. You've got like male and female adults dogs that are from AI. Yeah. And then you're breeding out of them. That's right. Yeah. And um, and are you gonna use uh, some of your stored semen back over them again? Um, yeah, that that that's a, that's an option. I'm I've, I'm running out of. Um, I think. I'm not sure what I've got still left in the frozen semen side of things, but yeah, that that that's an option to if if I wanted to boost that really kind of yeah back yeah again. that's right yeah I could could use that again um, yeah. which is an option yeah I'm I sort of I've tried a lot of line breeding or people call it inbreeding sometimes um, um, I've put in mating close mating so yeah I, I I'm a bit inclined to uh, um, use uh, cousins and and nephews and things and not so much siblings and yeah yeah and so I'm I've, I've sort of worked out what works for me yeah um, and so I don't I don't try to go too close so I, I can avoid it I like to if you were to eat something with the sheep, you would have noticed what breed That's right better. yeah well, like well sheep, sheep are pretty easy to line breed yep. you can bring Bring back uh, traits yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, that's right. So um, you can, if you're focusing on carcass or or wool, it seems to be that you can uh, you can join mate pretty closely and and get similar animals. But dogs are a bit different. I I'm, I haven't had a lot of success with uh, mating siblings or uh, even sons over mothers and things. Hasn't been as successful as yeah. as nephews and and cousins and things that where you where you line your genetics up not quite as close a bit further back second line of the pedigree um, I like that that sort of mating uh, yeah yeah I, I haven't I haven't done enough of it but it's something that I sort have sort of observed exactly like you say like super close doesn't necessarily mean great like that's right just yeah. just related like you said yeah. uncles and whatnot yeah, yeah. and just i don't know why but yeah well, I put, it seems to be where the like 
Yeah. I actually put watch over Lucky, which was son over mother, and and they were they were all. She only had uh, she had only had two pups, two females. I kept them both, and they were both just average workers. Um, and I was hoping that they'd be they really so breed well, but they didn't. They didn't yep. uh, didn't breed well. They didn't breed much better than themselves. Yeah. You think that's because nature has that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, one was a place where one was a nice big, good type of bitch. The other one was pretty small, a white pony bitch. Yeah. And I think I might have placed or even won a novice national kill patrol with one of them, but I didn't consider her a top bitch, and she didn't breed. She never left me anything much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So yeah, but I had, I had plenty of success with putting, uh, Lucky's. Sons and daughters over their sons and daughters, sort of thing. So uh, cousins, yeah, really. yeah. Uh, so you're getting yeah. a step away, and, that, and you're getting lots of lucky types. Like, uh, so yeah, that was that sort of. I, I dabbled in a lot of close breeding, and yeah, it's the same thing. There's not an exact work. science to it. No, it's, it's not trial not. and error, that's and right. yeah, learn and that's right. And you emphasise things that you like traits that um, that are close you'll you'll get more of the things that you don't want that are in that line too as well as the good things things. that's right yeah yeah yeah. so it's a bit of a you've got to take take what you can get out of it and and use it well that's sort of probably a lifetime skill to be able to read that and realize that yeah well that's right it's a and there wouldn't have been many people doing that no there wasn't you to the same scale i was mad yeah yeah yeah. right So yeah, it's just uh, I, I like I said I I wasn't influenced by what what people thought. I never have been, and always, always didn't care what people said or thought of what I did. I always just did it because I thought it was a good idea, and I went with it. And I, the consequences were as they were. I never ever worried what people thought about it, and yeah, so. But just yeah, it's just that um, you know fads and things come and go. That's right. Yeah, so that's yeah, where yeah, everyone yeah. drops off. But if you've got, you know, yeah, well, if you're focused and doesn't matter what you're breeding, I will say if you got a core principle, if you, if you're not you're not jumping chip all the time. You'll always have something that someone wants if you if you got the if you got yeah. a good article. Yeah. I always had that focus in mind whether I was breeding sheep or horses or cattle. I always I always look for things that I liked and just focused on them. And I think you touched on it earlier. You know, you said it has never been about the money. It's just the passion. And yeah, and I've heard it somewhere, and I believe it. Like if you if you do something, do something like just for the passion, it'll end up paying yeah, financially exactly. anyway. Because exactly. your that's heart's right. in it. You're doing it yeah. for the right reason. It's not like I've got to breed this many litters to make this much money. <laughs> it's right. just, you're you're yeah. just trying to you're doing now the passion, and then that's what's happened. Yeah, like. Yeah. Um, you've got your own sale now on farm with, and it's your sheep and your dogs, isn't it, together? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you sold the bitch last year for 49 or 49,500. Yeah, um, on 49 years of marriage. That's right, yeah, it was on our wedding anniversary. So that's yeah. a pretty crazy thing. <laughs> um, is that Australian record? Yeah, I think it's a world record for a working dog, actually. Yeah, right. Adoption. So, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, that so it has come around like that, you know. Yeah, it's that's right. Yeah. And like you said earlier, you got your first deposit from pretty for property from service fees from watch. Yeah, that's right. Not you know, not by trying to make just by doing it out of passion. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. I, I think that's a big thing. Like you can't no matter what you're doing, you can't force it and say, I'm gonna do this to make money. <laughs> like if you do it out of passion, yeah. you'd be successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's pretty well sums it up. Like, that doesn't matter what you've got. I've, it's always been my theory that if you've got quality animals, if you like animals, and you you always strive to get have good animals, and the the seasons all in the good seasons, if you've got them there, they're always valuable. Even yeah. when the seasons are bad, they're still valuable yeah. because exactly. you've got something that's that's um, other people want. Whereas if you trade in stock or you've got a lesser animal, that you'll get good prices when the when things are good. But um, as soon as there's a downturn, they're the ones that are worth worth the least. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you livestock will look after you, is my my theory. You look after them, they'll look after you, and that's always been what's happened as far as I'm concerned. You know, I always try to look after them the best I can, and they look after you. So yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked about a lot of this stuff that I've, I've written down. Okay. Um, should you only breed from exceptional individuals or should you, you sometimes have to compromise a little bit and, and breed from just a, a good average individual you know, because potentially they could be a better producer or, or have you just got to be rock solid in note, excellence, every dog, every generation? Or how do you go about that? Because I've just found in my little bit of experience that it's just nearly impossible to just get excellence every generation. So yeah, It definitely is, yeah. yeah no. I found you have to compromise a yeah. bit. Some, some people call call lesser animals like a generate like a it's it's generation skip where you get you'll get a well-bred animal that doesn't exhibit the things you want but has the potential to breed them that's if he's got a nice a good pedigree back there um he's got the potential maybe genetically to produce better than himself so that's what you'd hope for. In some some cases you have to do that because you, you haven't you haven't got that superior animal with the same genetics. So sometimes I'll look back for something that's bred well and mightn't be quite what I want, but has got genetic the the background there to produce something better than himself. So yeah, it's definitely um, and some bitches might be superior to their litter sisters. But don't produce as well. That, yeah, that, I exactly. see that happen quite often. Yeah. Um, so, like I say to people, oh, I say at every dog school, I say, you know, that the first thing I cover is picking pups, and I said you don't pick pups, you pick their parents. Yeah. So if I want to buy a pup, I don't, I don't care. I don't need a photo when it's two days old. I want to, I'll, I'll pick their parents. That's the best way to pick a pup. Yeah. You know, have a look at their parents. If they work the way you want them to. Then go the next step, have a look at the pedigree and, and see some good dogs close up in the pedigree and, and look further back and you see some 
good dogs as well, you know with confidence you can take a pup and, and if you do the right thing, um, the pup will turn, should turn out well. Uh, that, that's a, another factor that you figure in breeding if you want to sell them and you want to be commercial. You've got to have pups that people can train because not everybody's a, a dog trainer and quite often the, the most saleable pups are probably the last ones I'd pick. The ones that, Pretty like I said, very good heading yeah. and, and look really nice when they're seven weeks old and they're, they're the ones that are easy to sell but uh, my pups don't often uh, look too spectacular when you first show them on sheep. They yeah. might might and head and they might drive the sheep to the fence and things like that and people don't want that and they're harder to train. Not, they're not for me I, because I like that sort of pup and I don't have any trouble training them but the people that need a, an, what they call a natural dog that runs around their stock and wants to hold it to them, well, that's that's fine and they're easy to train, but the end product's not what I want, so. But for those people, those dogs, like, they're probably 90-odd percent of farmers are not great at they're training not, dogs. They're not, that's right, they yeah, that's what I mean. They just want something to gather their <coughs> well, hold them at the very least. Exactly. At least they can get them in a while. But that's right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's why I say I've never sort of looked at the commercial side of yeah. selling pups because yeah. I didn't care if they... If they didn't, if they were a little bit harder to get to do, get around in front of their sheep or something like that, never worried me because I, I found if you trained them properly, they were easier, easy to train. I, I found it a lot easier to have a dog that didn't head that wanted to move its stock, a lot easier to train than that one that ran around in front and arced and wouldn't step forward. I, I, you can't put something in the dog that he hasn't got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in in that way by the movement of the first look at sheep and the movement of those sheep means a lot to me i know if he's got it there i can train him yeah but yep. if he hasn't got it there i find it hard to put a heart in them yeah so yeah yeah if they, if they won't come forward and they've got that line and they, they that's stop, right they can't make yeah, them come exactly. inside it that's right and oh. look, and just getting back to what you said uh, I, i'd definitely be in favor of using a, a lesser dog with the right breeding yeah and and I know, I know the dogs behind him are, are quite possible. If you, if it's a good bitch, that you 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 could get superior animals from him for sure. Yeah. Or Versus yeah. the dog that's just a brilliant dog, just an average dog, but he's got a, actually telling you yeah, how he got there. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, that's the factor that I'm talking about with the handler. Like when I pass a pup on, he might not make it, and people put him in the gully or something, but. I, I saw the pup when he was little and I know he would have been all right if he'd have been handled well. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. and that's the, another factor that you you put in, into your pups. So if you bring them commercially to sell them, they're going to be easy to train. They, they mightn't be the pup I want to keep, so I'm not going to bring them. That's why I say I didn't, I never followed yeah. the lines. You've always had to do your job. That's the number one criteria. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's kind of what I've <laughs> what I've noticed already. Like it's just yeah, you, you just can't get super exceptional every generation. That's no, big, that's right. Has to be some compromise. To every now and then, that going. one that you're looking for pop, crops up, and you you got to talk, yeah. try and take advantage of him. And he might not be a superior animal as far as breeding is concerned. Yeah, but you hope he will be. But when you use that outside dog, you always make sure there's a bit of your pedigree there, don't you? I definitely think that's a, essential. Yeah. Something you dip out and yeah, come back and yeah, solidify yeah. it again. If you use a total outcross, 
the chance of success of having success that'll breed on yeah. are limited. Yeah. yeah, it takes a long time to get bad traits out of your dogs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've learnt that. Well, the thing, the things you, the the things that you you don't want. You know, you think, right oh, the top of the you know, <laughs> well, you know, we put this to this and hopefully this will come through and it's a bit weak, but this one's strong and that, like the things you don't want, they seem to be the things that are easy to, <laughs> to breed on and the yeah, things exactly. you want are yeah. hard to, yeah, exactly. to get, yeah, no, to come through. It's, it's, genetics are, are, they say it's not an exact science, but it's, uh, yeah, apples don't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Like if you've got common ancestors close up in the pedigree, and you're hoping to get a brilliant dog and you've got a few rotten apples. When you look at the pedigree, the chances of you getting them are very slim. And that's sort of the breeding is pay up, increasing your chances. That's that right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Increasing the percentage of good ones. Yeah, my word it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, the more I see, the more I realise that, yeah, you look behind the dogs and you'll they'll paint you a pretty good picture of what you got. Yeah, yeah. You you've used um, like some a lot out of the box type of dogs uh, over the years too. Like you say, they normally got to have something of yours in there, and um, you like so you know a lot of uh, call them traditionalist Kelpie breeders wouldn't use like like you've used Kelly, dude. Um, you know, even like Kenny and Skid, I know they got same thing. They got your and do they got some of your blood in there, but but they're still kind of um, a step away. Like, um, and, and most people wouldn't do that or be game to. And same thing, you've got your you just don't care. You're in your lane doing your things. But um, yeah, you know, what what are you trying to what are you trying to achieve? Add something in. Yeah, yeah. Or, always, always look for a trait that I wanted, wanted, uh, wanted to put in there that I saw virtues that I, I knew I lacked, that I tried to knit into my my dogs. And but I like I, I when I when I introduced a dog that was I had a, things was unrelated to my dogs. I always tried to use him over bitches that had plenty of close breeding in, yep. the, in their pedigree and that, that always helped to get um, more pups that worked like my dogs and you hope for that one that pick the trade up you're looking for and went on with it. Yeah, That's what I, I found that yeah. uh, you, 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 there'd be pups there that'd have, that'd have that trait. Some might be too much like the, the, the dog you used so yeah. you're picking up traits you didn't want and but there'd be There'd be pups there that carried the trait you were looking for, but yet exhibited all the traits Just that you got had, the balance had at once. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, that's why I, I say to breed and maintain dogs over a long time is very, it's very hard. You, you'll you'll see some breeders they'll breed a heap of really good pups because they'll have a couple there that that really nick yeah. and produce good progeny. But it's where you go from there. That's that's the thing that. Yeah. People don't seem to pick up on they. Yeah. They they lose that. They lose that. Um, they don't. They don't keep producing those better than average dogs. Yeah. So yeah. and and a lot of them go to 
pretty ordinary dogs after a couple of generations away from those uh, superior parents that produced good dogs. So you know, I've sort of tried to look ahead a little bit and try and try and keep the keep the strength in my dogs and yeah. the things I liked. Yeah. And then you've got that salmon two stored, and you can just that's right, yeah. Back as Knit well. that back in. That, that's a that's a uh, that's what I was always the back of my mind. I was thinking, you know, how would this go if I bought this back now? I wish I had that dog, like an old, old target or something like that. I wish I had them now, yeah, just to be able to use them uh, because of the virtues they had that I don't see today. Yeah, it's good good to have a have a look back and think about some of the, like old Glenville Tex, he's a, he's a terrific dog, strong dog and worked up close to his sheep and a bit of a, yeah, just a really good dog. It's, it's good to be able to Because um, when you look back, those dogs. you often think that, geez, those dogs, I rate them higher now in hindsight, really. Yeah, that's right, yeah, exactly, yeah. They yeah. were really, at the time, you got them, you think, oh, yeah, it's a that's right. dog. Yeah, yeah that's right. Like, it's a yeah. good dog, but yeah, yeah. when you yeah. look back, you think, shit, he yeah. was a really good dog. Yeah, I saw a fair bit of old Glen Logie Rex. He, he was a he was a lovely big dog, beautiful type, big strong dog, and yeah, and, and I, he, he's in he's in the pedigree of nearly all my dogs through old Lucky. She was out of a uh, Glenville, uh, a uh, uh, Glen Logie Rex bitch uh, who was out of Quarrels Biddy. She was another great little Kelpie. Um, so she was Glen Logie Rex Quarrels Biddy, and then with Mac over her, produced Lucky. And yeah, none of my dogs uh, at all don't have that blood in them. There were, there were, there were three outstanding Kelpies there, uh, and went back to to Marco and Kay, and yeah. So there's a, a lot of real solid foundation there, and then I've I multiplied it by uh, mating, and always kept kept those. Those really Those strong foundation lines. It doesn't matter whether you like horses in particular. All the, all the really good horses go back to a few horses when you when you yep. whether you're cutting horses or yep. camp drafters. You, you you can follow them back to a very few outstanding individuals. Yeah, for sure. So the dog dogs are no different, but people don't you know they don't look past the mother and father a lot of times when they're breeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Frank actually said to me once, he said, you put the best of the best and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. So, uh, yeah, that, that's but the, my idea was, has always been don't don't be influenced by what other people think. Yeah. Always, if you, breed, if you breed a litter, you should be thinking they'll be good enough to keep yourself. And you probably, when you breed a litter, you're probably already in your mind bred them I've got them made it up I'll, I'll, times I'll, I'll have pedigrees written down in the book yep that, uh, of dogs that, that are that's three generations yeah and I'm not a computer man no I haven't got electronic tags in my sheep even yep. I still I've, I've got notebooks, notebooks there. there there's, there's a few of them and they're all like I tag yeah. my lambs as they're born um, 700 odd lambs I tagged this year individually every day went out and tagged them and, um, so I've got I, I, all my stud ewes I could go back four or five generations in those books and yep. tell you what their mother and father were wow. 
that's that's my idea of a stud master. That's what he, he should know his stock and know his know where, know where they came from and know yeah. where you're going. Yeah, that's the so two things that you need to do if you're going to breed animals. You you know where you came from. That's important. Where you're starting from and know where you're going. And that probably goes across. Clear picture. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That goes across to your training pen, or when you're training something, you've got to know what you're training. It's that's right, exactly. Yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. actually know where you're going to, yeah, if you I see that a lot. Oh my word, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like to know the pedigree, and, um, and then I, I, I half thinking to myself what it, what it'll be like with those little pups up there. I'm, I'm yep. thinking how they'll work when I. Put them on cheap. Yeah, you'll have it in your mind. You'll have yeah, idea right. what I, they were doing. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. probably wouldn't be far off. Well, sometimes I'm spot on, but other yeah. times I'm disappointed. <laughs> <Don't happen much laughs> but like Pete and I were saying, that you know, like you, you know, say we use, say Kenny for instance, you know, till he died, and but then by the time he was dead, like. He's four generations back in your dogs. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Like, you go boom, 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 like, like going ahead quickly. Obviously, you're, you're, you're trying to achieve your goal, but... You're actually you, solidifying that foundation. Yeah, 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 that, yeah that's right. Yeah, but well, is that planned ahead that quick, or is that just, you know, oh, okay, well. you're just trying to shape it as you go, <laughs> I need to add this, I need to add boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, like, Kenny's a good example. He, he, he had great work ethic was a, yeah, just uh, the sort of dog I was looking for to put that that bit of grit yep. and, and work ethic into my dogs and uh, yeah he, he, he knitted well with with Katie who was a, yep. a very clever bitch um, probably lacked that real um, strength yep. but he, he put that in her, her progeny were very strong yeah. like Crash and Sophie and and yeah we, we, we were, the, were the step up that that, that I wanted yeah. from him and, and you have a look at look at Kenny's pedigree and, and they've got all the things that watching yeah all got, all, got, all the, got, got all the things there that, yeah. that I'd be looking for and to to, to uh, use and and it's no fluke that Sophie's successful she's she from the time she was a little pup I knew she'd be a, she, she she had a little bit of X factor there yeah okay never I never was really successful with her at trials. She might have won a novice cattle trial and won a few sheepdog trials, but she she always uh, to me she was she was uh, an outstanding bitch to breed from. You know, her pedigree was right. All, got all those dogs that I was looking for in both sides of the pedigree, and I don't think she's had a litter of pups that they haven't been at least one better than average in. Yeah, uh, and some. Really good ones. Yeah. And it didn't matter what sire I bred to, but because mm. she had a solid pedigree, that's the reason she bred on. Like, I put her over dogs like Dude and only got three pups. I got one one really outstanding individual who who's supplied good pups as well. Um, and people said I was mad using that dog. Um, well, I'm probably mad, but I used him anyway. Uh, but, <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> but but he, he, had, he had a real solid bottom line. Uh, so, to me, it wasn't a fluke that he produced what he did. He and and the dog that I kept uh, was had had the things that I was looking to get from dude, and had all all the other good 
good traits. He wasn't that big outcross because that's no, 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 that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so it it just simple logic to me, but I only saw the dog work once, and that was, and I saw that thing that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, it it's it's being able to identify something that you haven't got and seeing if you can use it and yeah trying not to use it a lot of people can look at a lot of dogs and not see the virtues and they always want to pull a dog down i always look for the virtues in a dog rather than yeah rather than look for their you know it's easy this positive way of thinking yeah exactly it's easy to see the faults in a dog but i like to look for the virtues in a dog and yeah and that's why I've identified dogs that I've used that people haven't used and they haven't been popular and they haven't been winning big trials, but they've been, they've had virtue that I've seen that I liked. Yeah. So, yeah, just a, just a bit of a, probably have an eye for things, I suppose. And just backing yourself. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, well, to do something different, though, isn't it, over the years? I've well, seen a lot of dogs and yeah, that's right. a lot yeah, of stock. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, it's a pretty I, good combination. I have a bit of a laugh when I hear people talking about old dogs and how good they were and uh, thinking uh, they're talking about that mongrel. <laughs> I wouldn't have even like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, you know, dogs get better as they, the longer they've been dead, the better they get. Yeah, well, I suppose that's probably right too. But yeah, people who don't haven't seen the dogs and, and um, they're going on hearsay, that's why I say I never ever took any notice of what yeah. people told me about their dogs. I always like to see them in the flesh to make my own mind up. Yeah. And if I saw things I didn't like, I didn't use them. Yeah. So. And you, you see people like, have something that goes back to this and it might be 40 years ago. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, do, do you, you know, it's probably like you say, look at the more important um, to look at the parents. Like, uh, yeah, don't answer it for you, but it seems to me like people get too hung up on go back to does it have 20 crosses of Barenbogie Mac it's like what's its parents and its grandparents (laughs) like they might have been useless because it's got 20 crosses of Mac yeah like ideally you have it all good all the way through yeah yeah no that's that's why you know people advertise their their pups are so such and such a blood but yeah they're not really because they've they've probably used a few of that fella's bloodlines but they've scrambled them up and they've used in uh, like inferior dogs in that and they've they've ended up with a product that i'd consider inferior but yet they're they're advertising the dog as such being and such, such and such a bloodline well, you'll, so. you'll still say uh, scamling blood yeah exactly yeah yeah like, that's right yeah yeah like yeah yeah seriously no, that's right yeah. yeah it's uh it's a funny old world but anyway just uh gotta go along with it i guess yeah yeah uh you Bow and your trip to Japan. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I, I sold that bow. He was a mature dog then. He might have been five or six year old, and I sort of wasn't. I wasn't trialing much of the time, but he was a really outstanding um, station dog. A lot of cast about him, and he was a lot like Target, very strong and deliberate. Um, his dad. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and he was out of a, a really nice bitch. The, the mother. Um, I had a bit of success with her. I think she ran second in the Australian Yard Championship and uh, a final of the um, National Kelpie Trial. And she was a really nice bitch and had everything that I wanted. And so I joined her to Target 
and uh, produced. She had uh, just just had the two dogs. That was Bo was one of them, and uh, yeah, she I lost her not long after she weaned the pups, and so I never got a chance to use her again. But I really I loved Bo. He was he was what I hoped he'd be, and never ever thought about selling him. But uh, an agent came to have a look at some cattle one day and. I worked Bow and he said, I'll buy the dog off you. And I said, no, I won't, I won't sell him. Anyway, he rang me that night and said, we'll give you $10,000 for that dog and you can go to Japan and show them how to work him. We'll, t we'll, we'll take you over there for a week or so and give you a trip. And so I said, oh, at that time, that was Paul a fair Lee. bit of money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to talk to Paul. <laughs> so we sold him and, uh, yeah, he actually went over on a, with a load of uh, Frisian heifers on a jet jet plane, load of heifers over the dairy, and we flew over the next week. And uh, because it was winter time, and he was a he had a pretty fluffy coat on him like Target. When I got over there, they'd shorn him. They'd shorn him. He was he was clipped. He didn't look like the dog I'd seen at all. <laughs> anyway, so I spent a week over there with uh, this young. Japanese fellow who couldn't speak any English, and obviously I couldn't speak any Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> got along well then. And, yeah, and Bo was in the middle of that. But, yeah, we got on well. I had an interpreter, and, yeah, we, we just went out. And he, they wanted him to take the cows, onto the, put the cows onto the milking machine. They had about 70, 80 cows in each pen. They were big, big pens, and uh, the, they wanted the dog to pick the cattle up and... And the reason was because of safety for workers. Yeah, or yeah, that was that saying. was that was part of it. They they had wagyu bulls tethered and and uh, there'd been an accident. One of the bulls had had, uh, had he hurt one of the workmen, so they thought the dogs might be a way around around it. Anyway, I I the first day I got in the pen with Bo and seventy cows had never seen a dog before. <laughs> You'd imagine what happened. <laughs> They all came over to introduce themselves to Bo, and he, he was—he was a real nice, strong dog. He just laid there, and they all came up, and they weren't like Angus cows. They weren't going to kill him. They just were wondering what he was. Yeah. They all came up and had a sniff of him and walked away. And it took me about fifteen minutes to get the, the those cows out of the pen into the laneway, and I did most of the work. I just sat Bo down behind them, and I'd move him around. And if the cows got a bit worried, I'd just—I'd hunt the cows myself. And anyway, I. They, I didn't know what they were saying, but it wasn't good. <laughs> they were watching me get around. Hey, what have we got here? <laughs> anyway, that, that, I, so I just worked on the one pen of cows, that, and I took them round with him, and that was in the morning. They milked him in the afternoon. Uh, I got in the pen and sent him, and he gathered the cows with a little bit of trouble. A couple of them took him on, and he just gave him a little nip. And I stood back, and he, he actually... He put them in the laneway, and I walked with him up to the up to the milking machine. <clears throat> and next morning, I got up on the walkway, put Bo in the pen. He picked up the cows, took them down into the laneway, took them up to the walker. When they all stepped onto the walker, he came back, and I hardly said a word to him. And they were all smiling, <laughs> happy now. <laughs> Bit more relieved. De de <laughs> but then I explained to them that they were milking eleven hundred cows twice a day. I said, yeah. "No dog can do this." They they were working twenty four hours a day. They had their own cafe in the like 
rest big setup. Yeah, it was a terrific setup, the cleanest dairy I've ever seen. And the cows were beautiful. They, they you could see your face in their coats. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I I sort of had to explain them that this dog cannot do this yeah. every day. I said mm. you you just you couldn't this you couldn't possibly do it. So. They said, what about, can you get my, our dry peppers in out of the paddock? I said, well, that's what he's done all his life. So we went out in beautiful pasture country, big big um, basalt plateau where they run their heifers and that. And Yeah, so I got out there and showed young bloke how to work him and we were just using whistles and within a few days he was working as good for the young bloke as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it, it worked out well and then they got, they got, couple of other dogs are off me after to handle their cattle in the paddock um, and never went on with the, using the dog in the, in the dairy at all so yeah but he, he was he was a the ideal dog because he wasn't a young dog and he wasn't he wasn't bitey they couldn't have a dog that'd be biting and clinging onto the cattle obviously with the big hunters and dairy cattle so he was the ideal dog to do do the work they wanted and if they had a, a few dogs they could have done the work but anyway he, uh, they, they really loved him. They sent me heaps of videos of him. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he, uh, he spent the rest of his life just working, getting their cattle in out of the paddocks for him. Uh, and and I liked him so much that before before he went, I took him down and got some semen yep. frozen from him. And yeah, that's a little bitch up in the shed there with the pups is a product of that. Yeah, I was going to say that and done it for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. Basically, uh, Bo's Bo was he was bred well, and uh, yeah, he was everything I'd hoped he'd be, and he uh, brought him back around. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he, he only I really only bred two litters of pups with him, and uh, Soapy's mother was a product of a mu- him uh, over Jane, who was uh, yeah she was a guy. Bernie, I think she might have been a Bernie Lucky or something like that. Not not kind of laggy lucky, but yeah. So he he was bred to breed well, and uh, even though I didn't use him too much, uh, he he produced a superior bitch there that's produced Sophie, and like she had a lot of good pups as well. Like she, uh, she was the mother in your your blue, and yeah, yeah. so it it just it goes to show that if you your genetics are good and um, it's coming through yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you, your dogs will stand the test of time mm. and uh you know pauline obviously great must be a great team that the success you had she just seemed yeah. very positive oh yeah no and doubt. <laughs> so yeah, yeah sorry, obviously yeah. Been a, she's in the background yeah yeah no she's been supportive of me Whatever I've done, I've, I've probably done some silly things, and <laughs> yeah, she's always always stuck by me. And yeah, been I, I yeah, when I was breeding stock horses, I paid seven thousand dollars for a Abbey mare that everybody said was pretty stupid, but that mare produced a lot of good foals and uh, produced a stallion that made me a fair bit of money from service fees. And, yeah, yeah. Um, she it was she was a high priced mare, but she was. A, Really little man. Yeah. Um, so it Boy, was a good that. decision, but it was hard to find that money to buy her at the time. Yeah. 
and then the Stockwell Society just started up and yeah so but I went out on a limb and I've always been like I said if I something that I saw that I thought that was uh, something that I could use and I was breeding always looked for superior animals and tried to acquire them all the yeah. genetics that I could to produce better than average yeah yeah it's an excellent except no more sheds <laughs> no more sheds that's that's I said said to you last night Adam when we were walking down don't mention shed so I didn't take that bring the sheds up no. I didn't bring it up no she's been yeah I, I really got lucky when I I uh, married Paul and got some beautiful kids there and yeah she's been the rock really yeah for sure so uh, that's that I owe most of my success probably to, to my family really well, it's just team effort, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, got to be. And and in in the future, any big plans or plans, or you're just still that just that same goal? Oh yeah, I don't don't have any any sort of uh, yeah towards the future. Just uh, I really uh, I'm pretty happy with in with life as it is, and yeah, yeah. yeah I'm trying to. Wind back a little bit if I can. So you're focusing on your family a lot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, grandkids no, and that, making time. Yeah, trying, trying to make as much time as I can for for the kids and yeah, and just enjoying life. Yeah, okay. So yeah, got a, having got a few nice dogs there that I like and yeah, a few good sheep and a few good cattle. So. <laughs> Oh, it's been great over the years. Like, yeah, that's right. I know the first time we came in, we, we, we didn't know you, and you're very, yeah, more than happy to share your knowledge, and I think that's really important to be able to show. We're only young, and probably goes back to when you started with Jack, like Jack and yeah, exactly. and all yeah, those. Yeah, I, I was gave the same, and that's giving right. back. Yeah, is, I was, I was hungry to learn. Yep, couldn't get enough of. Uh, I was probably a nuisance, but <laughs> was uh, yeah. Now they were, they were happy to share things with me and, and I, I sort of, yeah, got to be good friends with them and and uh, they'd, they'd tell you things that, you know, about, about dogs and things they did and, yeah, it was just good to you know, look back. knowledge yeah. through generations. That's right, it's yeah. Really I've got, important. You can't write everything down. Can no, you exactly. I've got letters from Frank and and um, Jack Body and Ted Gabe and that now, whole letters there that... Wow. Uh, Going back from when I was getting those pups on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a yeah. lot of different era now, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in those days you were writing letters and ringing up on a rattly old party line. Party line. <laughs> <laughs> not, not looking at edited videos on Facebook or YouTube where they've no, picked out a good bit. <laughs> exactly. Well, the first pups I got probably didn't even have the telephone, wasn't ringing. Then I was writing letters so you, you'd, you'd see a, something that, advertise somewhere that a pup that you wanted so you had to write a letter get to the fella get a reply you want it or you don't <laughs> so it had to get back to him so how to get money to by the time you got yeah well well postal notes or yeah, yeah. yeah used to used to it's not instant like nowadays <laughs> you get right. a pup and he's delivered tomorrow morning or he's exactly. somewhere isn't and he, he? yeah you do an electronic transfer of the money but yeah, in those days, quite often by the time your third letter got there, that you'd sold the pup to someone else. You had to start the process all over again. Persistent <laughs> oh, yeah. pays. Yeah, that's right, it does. Is there anything else you want to add, Pete? 
Um, probably about your naming of your dogs and using the same name on a lot of these. <laughs> yeah. Do you realise that when you're trying to go back and talk to you about a bow or, a, right. or a red or a blue, it's yeah, about right. five or six of and luckies. And yeah, that's right. I quite often yeah get, get people telling me about how they've got a son of blues and, yeah, and then they say, oh, I say, well, what was that blues breeding? Yeah, no, that's not the blue we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can go down the track. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've, I've stuck with names that have been good to me. Yeah, yeah. So if, if a dog, if I had a dog that was a good dog, I tried to keep that name going and, yeah, and it's been, well, lucky. With have you all. named them in similar styles of work or is it no, similar breeding? No, or just, just if been, they're good and... Yeah, just, yeah I just... Say so something, yeah. Just like that. If I like, if the name was successful, if the dog was good, I've tried to... They'd have some of that dog's breeding in them, but I'd always I'd, I'd come back to that name. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, had a few names that I liked that the dogs were never any good, so I canned them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, didn't use them again. But, yeah, because uh, I, I was thinking, oh, it must be when you, you know, you see another dog come through that reminds me of that old dog. You give it that name, but then I seen your cougar there. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't look, Doesn't look anything like, like cougar. cougar. No, that's right. No, yeah. just. just she goes back to Cougar and I just yeah. recycled that name because Cougar was a really outstanding bitch. I never saw the best of her in trials or anything, but she was she was a cracking bitch. Yeah. She she fell off the back of the ute when she was about 18 or 20 months old and broke her hip and was never the same dog, but she was still had all those traits, traits there. Yeah, yeah. She was a, she was exactly what I wanted by by Kelly. Yep. And, and her mother was pretty closely bred and, and a real strong, correct, lovely little bitch. She, but she was only small. Um, I got size from Kelly and I got that come forward that he had. Yep. Yeah, just um, got, she had, he had everything that I was looking for. And she bred well too. She bred some nice pups for me. Yep. But, uh, yeah, she was a really clever bitch. Uh, good, good bitch cougar. Yeah, she's fifteen and still working. Still going, she? still working. Yeah, yep. Unreal. Yeah, no, it's pretty good effort. And she was a worker too. Like she's loved she, it. Yeah, loved to work. Loved cattle work and never, never got hurt on cattle. She, she had a lot of strength and and bite if you wanted, but she didn't have to bite. And, and I've seen cows you think would kill her, and she'll, she never, her, even never. Hair lifted on her. She just. It's funny how those bad dogs never really get hurt. No, no. They know how to, like the athlete, get out of the road or they, yeah, they can right. read yeah. before it, they get into trouble, whereas the ones that aren't quite there. That's right, they're yeah. They're yeah. with a broken leg or. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, some no, dogs she... that work style, like they might get it slicey so they yeah. get hurt. They're not yeah. Like, yeah. holding yeah. and. Yeah, reading. no, she could get in a, in a place with a cow trying to trying to bury her and she'd, she'd just be stepping aside and. I bite when she needed on the front leg or, or the nose, and, and the cow ended up surprised that she hadn't killed her and turned and go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, she was a she was a really good bitch. I really liked Cougar. She's she had the work style that I was after, um, with mating it as Kelly the Swan, um, and she produced a really nice bitch uh, by Little Boss, who was a son of bosses with a lot. He he was a really good dog. I uh, lost him when he wasn't very old, and uh, and I put him over Cougar and produced uh, a really nice bitch that bred some nice pups for me too. So yeah, yeah, I've had some lost some good dogs. That that little boss was a 
very natural, clever, better dog than boss. And yeah, just, I wish I had him there. Oh, or some semen from him. You must rat as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you've got to be thinking ahead if you get a get a dog like like you've got Soldier. Put some store. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have some insurance in the bank there because yeah. the next time you take him out on cows, I don't want to jinx you, but you know things happen that you. You aren't planning on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you can't be too careful. I'm, I shut my eyes sometimes when the better dog's on cattle. Mm. But in saying that, I've never, never pulled them up from doing that work. I've always taken them to work. People say, oh, you run the risk, aren't you? But, yeah. Oh, I always Didn't say, like a description, isn't that's it? That's what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. The ship is safe in the harbour, but it's not what ships are built for. That's right, exactly. You know? Yeah, very true. Yeah. What's yeah. the point if they're that's not proven? Right. So. Yeah, yeah, nah. you've yeah. Got, to, got, to, got to put them out there, otherwise you don't know what you've got anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just yeah. a part of uh, the job description, unfortunately. You, you have to sometimes put them in a spot, and if they're good enough, they'll come through. And if you've got your own stock too, they're usually not that bad. It's more when you're buying or trading right, cattle yeah, yeah. or well, doing I, a job for a neighbour. I had more injuries with, um, on cattle, especially by getting cattle that were spoiled or... Or hadn't had dogs on them, yeah. things like that. Or someone's had trouble getting them in, and they ask you to. Well, that, that I was the last resort. Like they'd have cow out and pines <laughs> and things, have three or four goes at them, and really get them used to getting away. And then they'd bring them up on so you to go and get the them. tough ones, and they'd right. go on. <laughs> yeah. Got all the easy ones. Yeah, yeah. You go and get these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Maybe easier if they got you straight up. That's right. Well, those yeah. better dogs, they love that though. Oh, they, they love yeah. the challenge. Well, well old they Sid, know you, it's... You, I'd, I'd take Sid out there into pines and he'd go on the centre cattle. Like, you'd ride, you'd ride through the... You, the pines were too uh, thick to ride through in a lot of places if they hadn't been pruned and that, and I'd ride the, the fire trails and he, he'd pick up on the centre cattle and go. Yep. And, and if you waited where you left him, you might wait an hour or two hours, but he'd come out with them and yep. they'd, be, they'd be broken in when he got them out to you. You'd never hear him, you'd never bark, but he'd, he'd get in there and he'd find them and he'd bring them to you. Yeah, and yeah he, just, he was just a real good dog. Out of sight and on cattle, he was a cracking dog. Yeah, just no, never had better than him. He was And a good sire too. Uh, a good sire, yeah. I, I, I didn't use him too much as a sire yeah. um, because I I a, a couple of things there that I didn't want and I, I used Kelly over swan yeah and and produce what you needed there and they didn't have the thing i didn't want whereas he came from pete too yeah that's yeah. right but he, he he was the best dog i've ever had on cattle like, yeah right nothing Pete else would hold a candle him on cattle it was tough i could go out and muster cattle that hadn't been hadn't been broken in cows and calves and he'd, he'd put them in the yard he just uh, well that at the australian up there that year that he ran second pete no other dog would have handled that the, like there was two uh, broken bully heifers. The rest were straight blacks, and the straight blacks worked perfectly. The first dog out got one of the broken bullies and it, it ran over the dog, and that was the end of it. And then, then there was all the other cattle in the final were straight blacks, and I drew the last run with with Sid, and he got one of these broken bullies And I don't think there was another dog there would have handled that. Yeah. That heifer took him on about three or four times and he smacked her and put her back in. Yeah. And I only lost the Australian by a couple of points, but yeah. I, there wasn't another dog there would have handled that heifer. No. Yeah. Um, 
That's so, the thing people don't give enough credit for. They yeah, look that's at right. Score, but yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Well, she took him on from the time, like she bolted out of the gate and took him on right from the, right from the get go, and and he 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 like I penned him on a pretty good score with with a heifer that I don't think I didn't see another dog there that would have blocked her even. Yeah. And she just yeah he just he met her he came came at her and met her and he didn't didn't. Uh, Sure, the task. He loved it. <laughs> By the time I got to the second obstacle, she was just like the other two black yeah. but I'd blown enough points that yeah, I lost exactly. her. Yeah, but anyway, it's yeah, he he was an exceptional dog on cattle. Is there any good sons by him around? Um, any semen dog? No, didn't saw saw any semen from him. And there's yeah, he bred a fair few. Like I said, I I didn't use him. Because I had that uh, those other Kellys, I didn't use him that much yeah. to breed from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I just uh, had had what I wanted that had a bit, bit more yeah. of sort of uh, the things that I look, was looking yeah. for. So, but a lot of people used him, bred yeah. a lot of pups. Yeah. Like this handy work dogs. Aren't yeah, that's what they're all good work dogs. Stop. Yeah, my work. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, when I got him off Pete, he was about six months old. And, yeah, uh, he's a big leggy fella. He was that, let him go on the sheep. And I thought, geez, what I got here? He, <laughs> he had a bit of go in him. But well, had a bit of poly for a while, didn't That's it? right. And I, and I took him to, to up the Mudgee when he was 10 months old, and I won the Norris and, and the Yard Troll with him. And, you know, yeah, he was wow. only about 10 months old. Yeah. He, was a, he was a good yard dog, but he, he sheep had to go. He, He'd bite one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a little bit of nipping. Yeah, he <laughs> was a hell of a good dog. Yeah, yeah, I think Soldier would be good, good at that. But same thing, he would, he might bite one. Do your points there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sid, Sid got that way that when you put him up on sheep, he'd start grabbing them. Sort yeah, of top back of the way. <laughs> you put him up the race, and there's twenty sheep. He'd bite nineteen of them on the way up. <laughs> Go back to the twenty. <laughs> no, I was made him get down on the ground, and he. And he, ne- he wouldn't bite, like he wasn't a ground biter at all, but he, a head biter, if anything, looked at him, he'd bite it. Yeah. But he was never a body biter. Not, he never, not a birdie biter. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't, no. And he, he'd come back, he'd shoulder the sheep as he was coming back, he'd drive his shoulder in <laughs> as they were running past him. <laughs> you'd fill a race. You'd love get, that contact. Yeah, well, he, well he, he'd, he'd get, you'd, you'd go to a trial and he, he'd, the, the sheep were filling the race pretty well but he'd have he'd have a couple of spare panels he might have done a few points yeah he probably done a few points getting him in there but he he, he loved his race work yeah that's great anything bad no that's about it anything that's sort of covered no no just uh, yeah. anyway thanks for the opportunity adam i appreciate you coming down all this you didn't it's not a not just over the hill thanks mm-hmm. for coming down and letting me talk a bit of bull <laughs> <laughs> no worries yeah thanks thanks for having us really appreciate it and i think the whole dog community um especially the kelpie people they're really gonna appreciate it you know it's recording history um you know you you potentially if not the most yeah, you're the, the most influential, influential Kelpie breeder in the world, possibly oh. of all time. You know, <laughs> oh, if, if if you're not the one, number one, you're in the top. You <laughs> yeah, know, no, so, oh, definitely. Your pedigrees and through everyone's better dogs have got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, it, it's I I take pleasure in looking at pedigrees and knowing that I've got some dogs there in, in the background. And and my the, the thing that I 
take the most out of that um, is is I'm glad that I had the opportunity to get bitches like Lucky and did something with her. Yes. Like she could have went to someone and never been heard of again. Yeah. But you have a look in the pedigrees of the good dogs and she her she keeps propping cropping up there and, and that's I'm 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 privileged to have been able to get her and made use of her. Make something of it. Yeah. yeah. So so it's actually it, 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 to me it, that's that's one of the probably uh things that I can look back on and say, well, I've, I've actually, it's been good for Kelpies. And well, it's a pretty major contribution across the whole Kelpie world, isn't it? Like yeah, it, sort of it, it is, and, and it's been a privilege to have been, been part of that. That's, that's yeah. the way I look at it. I, you know, I'm not one for accolades, but I, it, it's, to me it's more a privilege, and I don't, you know, I don't seek any no. acclaim for it. That was, was luck. It was just, just a... A lucky thing that I that the name the name Lucky and, and was, was, a, was, was one of my yeah, that's yeah, right. that's just, yeah yeah exactly. it was a it was a pretty lucky day for for me the day that uh, that I picked her up and and I only got her because she she didn't suit well there's the opportunity yeah. but you had that determination <coughs> but it, and drive to get to where you want by just doing well, what you wanted to do you, you missed all the fads you 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 were steadfast in your yeah well well, well the reason I got lucky is I looked at the pedigree. We were having a cup of tea. I was over at uh, Steve's who owned her, and she was six months old, and, and I looked at the pedigree. We were looking at the pedigrees while we were having a cup of tea. And I thought, geez, this has got to be a great little dog, this one. And he said, oh, it doesn't really suit me. You can have her if you want her. And, uh, yeah, so that the rest is history. <laughs> but she, she, I love Mac and and. Jack's dogs, and she she had that pedigree there. That I was looking for Quarles, Biddy, Glen Logie, Rex, and he Mac, Marco, Kay, all the good dogs are in that pedigree. Right there. Yeah. So that's why genetics. Uh, I I right from the time I started looking at things, I wanted to look what was behind them, and I reckon that's that's the only reason I I got lucky is because. I got lucky. I saw that pedigree. And, you knew and, the family. Yeah. You'd seen the dogs. Well, we, we, all there together in one bit. Steve had her up at the shearing shed and we let her go and she ran down and got under his old station wagon. We had to fish her out from under his station wagon. <laughs> and, and I took her home and she was, she was, um, yeah, had a lot of eye and, and I, I was shearing at the time and I, I put her on a lead and took her around with me and, uh, she was a bit fearful of things and wasn't too long until she realised it was, I wasn't. I was going to be a friend, and I started putting her in um, the count out pens. When I, when I'd go to count out, I started putting her in there with the other dogs, and the sheep would all rush forward, so she'd rush back because she had a lot of eye and she wouldn't move. She just yeah. just set sheep, and uh, anyway, by the end of year, and she was going around bringing sheep to me, yeah. and she more or less trained herself because I was yeah. a pretty novice trainer at the time, and yeah, and, and she like I said, she I couldn't believe that she couldn't. Didn't get to the head, but she was pulling the stock up and bringing them back. She wasn't she wasn't a natural heading dog. She's a shouldering dog, but had a lot of class and and she could drive and hold. Yeah. Even from like as a as a six months old pup, she could pick those shorn sheep up and they were wild, and the other dogs were having trouble, but she didn't. So I knew I had something special then. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, about six months after that, we went up to Armadale and she won the novice up there. And, uh, yeah, she just, uh, the sheep were hard to get off the trailer. No, no, she was last to go in the final of the novice and no other dog had got them off the trailer. And she went up and top-knotted one. Nobody, nobody top-knotting wasn't a thing that you'd see much of trials in them days. She went up and Big Weather's looking out over the trailer and she grabbed it and they took a photo of it. And it was on the front of the next Wool Expo catalogue yeah. of her grabbing this weather on the top knot and he went out and the wrist followed and, yeah, so I won the novice with her and I, I was that dry in the mouth I couldn't couldn't even give her any commands. All I was doing was opening the gates. <laughs> that's how good she was. Like she was, just yeah. a, she was just a really good dog and a smart dog yeah. and knew what you wanted sort of thing. But I didn't teach her to top knot. I didn't know anything about top knotting, but she came up and top knotted this this weather. She knew we had to go out and she knew he was pointing forward. So and that she, was how amazing. She gave him the, the, the trick and, and she produced a lot of, like Watch was a great top knotting dog. He could pick a sheep out and start it. He'd, he'd look for a head up. And, and grab a sheep just like she would. But it was natural. I didn't train it. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, uh, that, that was, that's probably a, a trial I look back on. People ask me, oh, what's what's the best, most satisfying trial you won? I won a few Kelpie trials in Australian yards and things. And that novice at, up at Armadale that she won was, was a, like a light bulb yeah. <laughs> experience yeah. for me. She, she, yeah. she, because I wasn't working, she was working. <laughs> I just went along for Probably a ride. Sets your tone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, well, I, I, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. You know, if you had the right article, as even as stupid as you were, if if the, if the article was good and you did the right thing, you'd probably go all right. So, yeah, yeah she, she, she turned. She was the first um, outstanding dog that I had, and. And not only for her work, but her, she produced Sounds outstanding like she taught you a lot too. Oh, she did, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was she was a, she was a great dog with all the faults she had. She was a great dog, and I, I I couldn't see the faults, and still can't. Other people saw in her. She had she was a almost perfect dog for me. So yeah, it just goes to show that if you sometimes faith has hand in things, I just at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's a privilege to look back and see her in the pedigrees of a lot of good dogs. Yeah, for sure. Unreal. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Stop Dog Handlers. Three Minds Connected. To get in touch, email us at stopdoghandlerspodcast at gmail.com.